Hello everyone and welcome back to the reunion of Final Fantasy VII Remake Podcast. I'm your host Kai and joining me today is my co-host Viz. How are you doing Viz? Hello Kai, doing pretty good now. Had a headache earlier but now it's all gone. Probably in anticipation to the podcast. Now it's I'm healthy again. <laughs> so to speak how about you what is it with you and headaches i feel like every episode yeah, you have a headache or there's something going on probably this uh computer um oh i see thing because i, I keep working on a computer at work and at home mm-hmm. and and at home yeah oh my gosh, it's yeah. for the posture it's not good that makes sense you need some blue glasses i have <laughs> oh you do i'm doing so many things but sometimes it's still just tenses up everything and then I get headaches. But it's not too bad. Maybe once a week or so. Mm-hmm. Depends. But it's all good now. Well, that's great. I'm doing okay. Just been working a lot and, you know, taking time to play some video games that I have not been able to play. So I've been diving into Ghost of Tsushima. Um, director's Cut. It's pretty awesome. So I'm really enjoying that right now. And, uh, you know, I just finished my hard playthrough on... Uh, remake integrated as well so that was incredible and uh yeah that's pretty much it and just finding time to sit down with you to chat you know about this game and uh, the world of final fantasy 7 remake part two which i'm super excited to dive into this topic with you today same same all right everybody so the best way to support us here is to like sub and share the podcast hop on over to your youtube channel and subscribe if you haven't already done so and you can subscribe to us on any of the podcast platforms that are out there because we're pretty much on all of them. All right, guys. So we are so excited because we have an incredible special guest here for today's episode. He's a Twitch streamer, the creative director for GG's.tv, which is a social network for gamers, uh, the host of the Heck podcast. And after all that, I don't know how you find time, but he's also an incredible musician. John Reeves Live is here with us today. So welcome to the podcast. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's like the nicest kind introduction ever. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. But yeah, I'm really excited to be here, man. I've been listening to y'all's podcast for like a good over a year now. Y'all have had some legendary guests on and I'm honored <laughs> to be on here, man. Thank you so much. All right, guys, so for today's episode, we'll be talking about news. So we'll be talking about the recent Final Fantasy VII, the first soldier anniversary event, because we did get a few statements from both Nomura and Kataze about Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. We'll also be chatting about potential other projects in the Final Fantasy VII universe that were apparently in the works at Square Enix. And there was also uh, the first soldier crossover event with uh, Final Fantasy VII OG. That was uh, super awesome. I think it's still ongoing. And then we did get an Ever Crisis opening trailer as well during that uh, anniversary event. Our main discussion topics for this episode will be we'll be talking about the world of Final Fantasy VII Part Two, in particular the level design, handling of the city's populated areas, transitions between areas. We'll be discussing corridors versus open areas and why open worlds may not actually serve the narrative of Part Two. Um, differences between individual parts, vehicles, and keeping the feeling of a huge planet intact. But before we begin, so John, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe a brief history with Final Fantasy VII? Oh yes, there you go. Well, thank you. Uh, Well, like you said before, um, I am a variety streamer on Twitch. I've been doing a lot of YouTube videos as well recently. 
and I'm the creative director for uh, GG's.TV. It's like a social media for gamers app website and uh, got a new app coming out. So really busy in that, but I guess where I got started with Final Fantasy VII, uh, way back in the day, whenever it first came <laughs> out, <laughs> I really, like, I was a gamer growing up. I played a lot of games and stuff for sure, mm -hmm. but it was more like I really hadn't found something that really just stood out to me. And uh, I lived in a really small town growing up, and there was this uh, movie rental place called Donnie's Videos, and he had mm -hmm. one copy of Final Fantasy VII. Mm. And uh, I just looked at the art, it looked really cool, and uh, I'd never played another Final Fantasy game before this. And I rented it, and I think we kept it for like an entire month. It was probably like a whole <laughs> mortgage payment that my parents owed for this game. And, oh, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, so like we ended up, I, I had it that entire time, but I only got to the Nibelheim flashback. <laughs> so I, wow. yeah, I know I was like really not a great gamer at the time. I could have used some blitz tips back in the day, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so ended up uh, finally pleading with my mom to buy the game and I got it <laughs> and played it over an entire summer. And just like mm -hmm. that game changed my life, man. Changed the way I looked at games, storytelling, mm -hmm. I mean, everything. I could go on for days, but I just, I remember that whole summer just playing through the entire game and just being submerged in this story. It was awesome. And I've been a fan ever since. Great to hear. It's basically just the same uh, as us, just a mm -hmm. different backstory, but the effect is basically the same. It's also changed my life as well, especially as a gamer. Because before yeah, that, yeah. I only basically played platformers and similar games. This was the mm -hmm. first RPG. Not really an idea what, what what I was doing. Everything was new. Why why couldn't I just press a button and then Cloud would attack? But <laughs> I got so much into it. Characters were cool. Story was awesome, and never looked back. And now here I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even like to uh, music for me, it particularly. Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, I've written so many songs just based on the story of the game, but then also like trying to kind of mimic what they do with melodies. It's so influential, man. It certainly is, yeah. Yeah, and very, very similar to my uh, background with uh, Final Fantasy VII as well. And I just remember being completely blown away because it was like the first rendition, I guess, of a cutscene, you know? And I, mm -hmm. there was no word for it at the time, so we were just kind of talking in school. And we're like, oh, it plays movies, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> in the game. And people were like, what? What do you mean? And then, you know, you'd kind of explain it, but um, for me, it was just like visually just blew me away like i couldn't actually believe it um was real <laughs> yeah and so much emotion came from those scenes i mean my gosh mm -hmm. like obviously the earth scene the cutscene from that and the graphics that mm -hmm. we had that's powerful storytelling you know absolutely it certainly is yes all right, guys, so for the first thing we're going to be talking about is the news. So Final Fantasy VII did celebrate its 25th anniversary recently on January 31st. Obviously, this is for the Japanese release um, of the game, and we did get a new logo. So uh, what do you guys think about the new logo? I think it's awesome. I, I love it. And people online were like, oh, Zack is going to play more significant role in Remake because look, he's, he's in the logo. And the interweb was just kind of like set on fire, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, guys, I just, I just think it's beautiful. <laughs> I think it's a beautiful logo. Like, I don't know how much to read into it there, but 
Um, I really thought it was awesome. So what do you guys think? So first of all, yes and no to Zack. <laughs> but the thing is, there was a 10th anniversary logo with Sephiroth, yes. Zack, and Cloud as well. However, there they were basically on the same horizontal line, like next to each other. And in this 25th anniversary um, logo, oh. Sephiroth is higher than both and wraps both of them in his wing. And the wing wasn't Ooh, present mm-hmm. in the 10th anniversary one. So this is pretty interesting. More emphasis on mm. the adult children, Sephiroth. Putting both mm. under his wing, like as if he needs both to succeed or something like that. Here we go, Viz, with your magnifying yeah, glass. But maybe it's, <laughs> it's just nothing and just, Nomura just loves the wing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> could, be, could be both. <laughs> We're probably looking too much into it, but it's still fun to speculate. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I agree. I think it looks beautiful. They did a great job on it. But like you said, I'm not sure like how much I can read into it really. Yeah, exactly. They did a great job of telling <laughs> that. <laughs> I do like that. I hope it's true. I like that idea. Absolutely. With the the wing coming around, you know. Um, but I guess, you know, we'll 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 see. Well, I have a, a next mysteries video in uh, in the oh. works, which I'll also uh, present in three parts because it's so long, probably two hours again or two and a half. But there will wow. be more about Sephiroth, Zack, and Cloud. It's focused on Zack, but Sephiroth will be a little bit in there as well. All right. So some shameless promotion here for your next video. I see. <laughs> Maybe. I, see. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm loving it. All right. And there was a Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier uh, Japanese live stream from Square Enix that was mostly focused on The First Soldier. Um, At the end, there was a little bit of information about the future of Final Fantasy VII. I think there were people that were hoping there would be more information released um, about Part 2, maybe like also a more concentrated anniversary event. But for me, I didn't really see us getting anything more in depth than this because it was a Japanese only event. And, you know, if history, you know, is anything to go by, basically, they don't, they're not going to release, you know, for me, anyway, in my opinion, I don't think that they're going to release information about something so big as like Remake Part 2 at a Japanese only event. You know what I mean? So, but people were like, I got my clown makeup on and I'm ready. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and I was right there with them. But yeah, people stayed up very late, very late, like all hours in the morning hoping to get something. But I just love the fact that there was an event, uh, you know, and they did kind of give us a little tidbit of information, which we're going to talk about um, right now, which was on the Final Fantasy VII Remake Twitter account. There were two statements from Nomura and Kitaze. Um, I think actually Nomura had said at the end that there were more new Final Fantasy VII projects that were started um, that they're kind of working on. So keep basically uh, waiting and hoping because there's other things waiting in the wings. Um, oh, oh, look, the wing. Oh, yeah. What? I just felt the same. What? <laughs> what? Oh my god, that's so meta. Wow. (laughs) Nomura is a genius. Uh, But But, uh, yeah, we're kind of going to speculate what these other projects um, possibly are in a little bit here. And then I think Kataze did say that uh, hopefully he wants fans to be excited because hopefully in the next 12 months, they want to share some information. Um, I think about part two is what he had said, uh, that they're going to show it hopefully in 2022 i can't wait man 
Oh my gosh, it's a lot. So what do you guys think, Viz, what do you think about seeing a little bit of part two in uh, 2022, like this year? Well, it's something I expected or still am expecting. I hope mm -hmm. I'm right and I hope they, uh, they don't push anything uh, to the next year, which could be theori theoretically possible, but yeah. I, I really hope so. I hope that they uh, manage to get something out, maybe in November, December or something, maybe even earlier. Mm -hmm. Though I doubt it. Um, TGS, no, it's, this is uh, Japanese only, probably not. So, right. yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see. It's all in flux. And since Final Fantasy 16 has also been uh, mm -hmm. pushed back half a year, as we talked on uh, the last episode, it's yeah. Yeah, right around the end of the year. That's my guess Yeah, right now. Yeah, I love that he covered himself because he said, um, there will be more information this year. If we can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which is like covering them just in case, you know, they can't show something. It's like, hey, look, I said if we can, so it's not. Uh... But uh, yeah, definitely. I think we're going to see hopefully uh, something by the end of the year. I think that we'll see something probably in December because I think they're going to show something probably when we get um, Ever Crisis or when it's close to when Ever Crisis is going to be released. I think they might show us like a teaser or something. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think, John? Like, do you think, you know, we're going to see this um, in December or what were you thinking? Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, honestly, by the end of the year, we should hopefully have a trailer. I'm mm -hmm. hoping for a full-blown trailer by the end of the year, oh. just because, you know, Final Fantasy 16, obviously they didn't want to overshadow it with yeah. part two, but uh, so I think once they, like, if they can get that released this year, then that will definitely free up some promotion for uh, Remake Part 2. But I will say, though, going back to the 25th anniversary event, mm -hmm. I never looked at it from the perspective that you just said, like, since it was just literally a, a JP stream um, to probably not give us anything there. And I was like, why would they have missed such a golden opportunity to mm -hmm. at least keep, like, you know, push the conversation, just even nudge it a little bit, Yeah, you know? And uh, but yeah, I never thought about it like that, and that really it wasn't as big of a stage for the rest of the world as it probably was for the for the Final Fantasy VII community, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess it probably wasn't the grand stage to really give us that information we were so desperately wanting in our Ronald McDonald outfits. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I appreciate the fact that we even got you know the, the fact that they said that we're probably going to see it this year, which yeah was surprising to me and that was the most exciting thing for me i was like what okay yeah but for final fantasy 16 i think you know me and viz we we've discussed on the last episode probably seeing it um this summer with hopefully an august release like i think we're probably mm -hmm. gonna see it at e3 this year and then yeah. we'll probably get it released in august and then that leaves like you know pretty substantial amount of time between that and getting ever crisis which is still slated for 2022 we haven't mm -hmm. barely got any information about that. And then showing something, like I said, at Ever Crisis event or some kind of teaser. I hope for a full length trailer as well. But at this point, I just want to see, I just want like something. I want a little nibble, you know, like I want a little. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about this too. Um, when was it before Remake's release that we knew the parameters of Remake? Because I remember my brother in particular being like, I can't believe they're only going to Midgar. And the mm -hmm. whole game was only going to be in Midgar. So how long before Remake was, you know, even the trailer? I'm pretty sure we had that before the trailer, correct? We have that information? Uh, 
I think they took quite a while to uh, to release the specific information that it will, it will be only Midgar. I think this happened pretty late in their promotion because... Okay. Yeah, pretty sure. I think it was around um, the end of 2019 at the Game Awards show uh, where mm-hmm. they performed an interview with uh, Kitase and Neil Pabone. I think both said, yeah, it's uh, mm-hmm. Midgar only. Because by then, yeah, all the trailers so only contained uh, Midgar segments, and we were, we were all wondering, well, re- are they really only going to show us uh, what we get, or is they, are it just going to he- hold back more information, more uh, uh, footage from outside of Midgar? And I've... Mm-hmm. Since... Uh, John, you probably uh, you might have seen seen my 2017 video about how to split up the story, which where I also predict mm-hmm. it's part one Midgar only. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, it was clear okay. from the beginning, but not everybody is me. So most of people <laughs> probably hoped, yeah, maybe Chunon or something like that. Yeah, maybe yeah. a little bit of the outside mm-hmm. world, the flashback. Yes. But mm-hmm. from a storytelling perspective, it never made sense for me. So I was glad they finally confirmed it uh, when they did. Yeah. But it, it, it took quite a while, to, a, few, a few couple yeah. of months after the, re, the re-reveal. Okay, okay. So yeah, for some reason, I guess I just it flew under the radar for me. And then I remember whenever it was revealed or whenever I found out that it was revealed, it was a huge thing. And a lot of people were like, what? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the first time that we saw it was in 2015, right? It was at E3. Was yeah, the, first the teaser, trailer. yes. The mm-hmm. teaser. And then yeah. that's when... Yeah, it, everybody lost their minds. And then yes. we, they, we didn't see it again, I think, until 2017, which was two years after they brought it in-house or something. Uh, 19, the next trailer was uh, yeah. kind of a teaser trailer in the lead-up mm-hmm. to E3 at May 9th, 2019. And then about a yeah. month later was the full-blown three-minute trailer with Tifa and stuff. Mm-hmm. In between, we only got, uh, I think, only a, a screenshot or something. Like uh, mm-hmm. the, the key mm-hmm. art with the Cloud and Sephiroth uh, and Midgar was in 2017, right. the only one. Oh, right. And also two screenshots uh, from the bombing mission, like one mm-hmm. where Cloud hides behind a crate and yep. one with uh, the, the guard Scorpion or Scorpion Sentinel, mm-hmm. where they had a updated UI. I also took mm-hmm. the, dug my teeth into that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but Besides that, basically nothing. It was May twenty nineteenth yeah. when they kicked off the whole advertising campaign. Hmm. They're really good at keeping it close to the chest or keeping their cards to them before they uh you know, before they actually really have something in a release like a solid we're gonna release the game soon. Mm-hmm. Oh for sure. Give us breadcrumbs. Imagine they just like drop it, like just give us a trailer at um E three. <laughs> uh, everybody would lose their mind just a surprise yes. <laughs> yeah just a surprise yeah like the one more thing you know like at the end uh, you know we're all waiting for it like literally yeah. I know we joke but everybody's probably like alright it's happening it's happening yeah <laughs> yeah or maybe just just like five or ten seconds, like they, they exit the swamp and then they see the soul of yes. spy- on spike oh and then God, it cuts yes. to black or something did Sephiroth uh. do this? <laughs> Guys, like, I would be okay with just, like, showing the bird. I feel like it's going to be, like, the bird's eye view, and it's going to show the bird flying, and then we're going to zoom down, and it's going to show them, like, in the, in, the, in the truck. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if it just shows them chilling out at the beach? They're just all Ooh. in a beach scene. <laughs> yeah. 
surfing and Cassidy. building <laughs> castles. And... Yeah. I'm down for anything. Yeah, getting a ball kicked into, into one's face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So moving on here, let's talk about the Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis opening trailer. So during the anniversary event, we did get a quick look at this clip that they're calling an opening video. The language of the stream was in uh, Japanese and also the VAs for the trailer were Japanese. So I don't know if there's been a translation yet with subtitles, but I wasn't able to find one. So I don't know what the characters in this opening video of Ever Crisis were saying to one another. But Square Enix Glacy on the stream, because there was an English stream, I think that happened the day after on February the 1st, um, which I did watch. So at the very end, she's said a few interesting things so she said that they introduced a new character who will lead you through the tutorial of ever crisis and that's i guess the girl with the brown hair in the trailer there's other other characters as well in the helicopter with her and who are like main characters apparently she said that this is the first time really that they can talk about this she did kind of stumble over her words a little bit when she was telling us like what this was about and she started to say oh let's see okay so they're going to be fighting and then she like cut herself off as if she was going to tell us something she wasn't allowed to tell us or something <laughs> like that and yeah. i was like no 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 you can you can tell us like keep keep going but yeah apparently this character is a character from the first soldier that you will see during the tutorial of ever crisis so they're trying to tie it in like the the first soldier with Ever Crisis. So there's consistency there. And that's pretty much it. I'm hoping, I, I was hoping that we would get more than that, but, you know, I'm excited to see uh, the initial trailer and that they're, you know, trying to tie everything together in this world. I just, I, I hope that it's not just like shoehorned in, you know what I mean? Just like forced you know, because like people who are going to play Ever Crisis that never played the first soldier might not know who this character is. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So it's getting a little murky. I don't know. What did you think about the trailer, John? So like the cutscene itself was really impressive. And like you said, I hadn't I haven't actually seen a translated what they were actually saying, like what that mm -hmm. dialogue was. I've been looking everywhere. I still can't find anything. Um, but the closest thing I've seen was there were predictions that that was uh, Shinra the Shinra were heading to Wutai, but I don't know if that's, oh. I don't know if that's the case or not. But I was really impressed. Like it looked good. It was movie quality mm -hmm. that they had. Uh, but I don't see how, like from the original, uh, the gameplay trailer that we saw forever crisis. I don't know yeah. how, like how those two things are going to intertwine with each other. Like yeah, how that's, that's actually going to work. You know, they look very different. The style is different. Yeah. Cause we have yeah. ever crisis has only shown like little, like chibi characters kind of yeah so that is interesting yeah but so i think that would be cool to see how they work those together but story-wise i'm so excited to actually get like this is kind of like one of those things where there's been a lot of different tellings of it and we're hopefully getting it all in one place the story mm -hmm. you know yeah so i'm excited very excited what do you think fizz i'm kind of in the same boat i'm also uh questioning how they are tying this together like the first yeah. soldier which is a completely new narrative and all those mm -hmm. other new stuff they promised us like uh, the backstories of shinra executives oh, right. and whatever and backstory of that legendary soldier which is of course sephiroth um 
I'm pretty sure that this uh, this pre-rendered scene is kind of connected to this new additional narrative. How it ties okay. into the other games, uh, not quite sure. Maybe it's mm. it's kind of um, how do you how, how do do they call this like like a, a museum where we can just um, like oh. experience old memories again, like go, go back and see old pictures and uh, movie clips and stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. Memorial or something? Or yeah, memorial. Yeah, kind of. Maybe it's it's something like that in the game that uh, you just un unlock uh, chapter by chapter by chapter, so you can uh, just That'd instead really of just cool. looking at pictures and reading oh, texts, or I see. that you play through those right. uh, those parts. Hmm. But I'm not quite sure why how this would tie in with. Uh, the, the other, the, the new story parts, if it's just uh, additional and we also play through those with the GP characters and with uh, more mature characters in the battle. Hmm. Or if playing through basically the, the, the timeline of Final Fantasy VII within this new part, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a little bit, it sounds a little bit weird. But the first soldier is basically, a, um, the premise of the first soldier is that they are playing or battling each other in VR, which projects mm -hmm. um, images from the future, like uh, Wu-Tai and all those, those, those things. Or mm -hmm. mo mostly just uh, areas from Remake, from what I've seen, or also areas from outside. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a little bit weird. Like, it feels like a little bit of, of timey wimey live stream stuff, but it's, I I don't have enough information to really yeah uh, that's true come to a conclusion. I can just throw spaghetti at the wall and hopefully it's something sticks. It's <laughs> <laughs> basically where I am right now. Is it confirmed that that the video that we saw is actually going to be an Ever Crisis? That's the opening trailer for it or the opening cinematic for the game? It's how it, how I understand it, but uh, maybe it's just translation error or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. They called it on stream, they said opening video. So huh. I don't know. Okay, well, then it probably is, yeah. So the only thing I'll say in that is I'm hoping that we have, like, the characters that we've seen, like the cheapy characters, like the those guys are actually who we're playing as, and then the cutscenes are what we saw in that event. But it's different even still from how Final Fantasy VII was with the cutscenes or like you were saying, the movies that were in, in the mm -hmm. game. It's different from that even because you get so much more, um, I don't know, just personality and you get more definition yeah. in these characters. So I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know how they're going to bring those two together. I'm interested though. Maybe, maybe it's just as simple as we just play through the chapters and unlock uh, short um, mm -hmm. short clips of this new story, which uh, oh, that'd be to, cool. to which this is the the opening for, like uh, mm. maybe Reeves' backstory is is one unlock, and then uh, Palmer's mm -hmm. backstory is one unlock, and then part of of Sephiroth's backstory is one unlock again, and then we unlock several parts of uh, of Sephiroth's stories, uh, several parts of the Shinra executive stories, and then uh, do it the big one at the end, something like that, and and we need to play through the Final Fantasy VII timeline to basically get to know this, uh, this new story. That's also what, what, I could, what could happen, what I can see happening. I like that. Yeah, that's really cool. That's a good idea. What, what I also find interesting, this, uh, this scene kind of reminds me a little bit of picturing the past. It's uh, this uh, short story about um, 
Aerith and others in the World Preview book. And also they, they put it into the, tra the Traces of Two Paths again. Where Aerith sometimes falls into a trance and draws pictures. And those are usually pictures of locations on the world. And then President mm -hmm. General sends military units to those locations to find clues uh, to the Promised Land. Because, well, they're in search of it to build Neo Midgar there. And the first thing that has come to mind when, when I watched this, I uh, just thought, hey, this, this could be just a scene of uh, a few military units going towards uh, su such a, a spot, a potential spot for the Promised Land. But since I, uh, I can't, I, I'm not proficient enough in Japanese to actually understand it, and I didn't really need, uh, want to to take the time to actually mm -hmm. try and, and translate it myself. I just thought, well, maybe it's, it's something <laughs> like that. Maybe it's not. I don't care. I just wait for more information. <laughs> I've got yeah. other things to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm really excited for Ever Crisis, but just us talking about it now, so far, I think there's been like three distinct different uh, visual styles, which is a little alarming to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially like we have the chibi characters and then in the battle, it's remake graphics. Which is basically a little, yeah. like, I don't know. It's not really consistent. So, and now we've got this cutscene where it's like realistic. Yeah. Characters. So I'm a little concerned. Anyway, I don't know. I'm just, I am really excited about it because I want to be able to play through the whole story beginning to end. Like everything, the whole compilation, which I think this is the closest that we're going to get to a re release or a remaster of the original like compilation series. So, yeah. Yeah. I also have an idea why they chose those art styles and why they're different and stuff. So maybe I also saw that in in the chibi uh, style, uh, chibi art style, like when when you're running around, mm -hmm. there are a lot of remake assets lying around, like the um, yes. the surroundings are basically just uh, ripped and um, redrawn or converted um, remake assets. And in the battle, basically as well. It's just just remake battle assets yes. from Aerith, Cloud, mm -hmm. and the others. The others, the, I think even the uh, animations are the same. I think it's just a uh, just an, an issue of reusing assets to to save money and time and effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but why make the characters chibi? They could have just been like the normal remake um, models with like less pixels or whatever. They could have modified them. I don't know. Because it's it's too close to remake. <laughs> yes, and probably also be because of um, like the presentation and to, <clears throat> to actually handle all of this, like create yeah. create the, the the levels and everything. It's much easier to handle ch uh, chibi characters and and this uh, fixed camera uh, mm -hmm. overview level design than basically recreate remake in um in a mobile setting or uh, mm. like just scale down everything as if you would um basically convert it to a switch version or something right yeah mm -hmm. and may maybe also to to distinguish itself from remake that oh it's not remake yeah, it's uh, it's the original too. and the original also had those lego chibi characters yeah they did yeah so mm -hmm. it's similar because yeah. you would go into battle and the the uh characters or also were different. more high res <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah like a little mm -hmm. high res yeah but then we have Crisis Core and Before Crisis, which all had individual art styles. So they, mm -hmm. yeah, they probably just had to create everything anew for those. But yeah, 
GBR style is pretty easy comparatively to produce. So, did they show us any of the in the um, teaser trailer? Did they show us anything outside of the parameters of remake part one yet? Like the other story arcs that are going to be available? I don't think so. No, only the opening from Crisis Core with Zack on a train. That's basically it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then bomb bombing mission um, scenes and yeah. scene with Tifa and Bar and. I think that's it. Yeah. I yeah. think maybe the memory, the memory scene, I guess, whenever. Yeah, right, promise, right. The, the but, promise, yeah. Promise flashback, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. On the, I'm on really the excited tower. to see how the rest of the actual game looks, though, man. I mean, yeah, like, same. gosh, mm-hmm. some of those parts are going to be so cool to see. Because, I mean, Dirge is, I think, the only Final Fantasy game that I've never played through myself. Like, I have watched playthroughs now of it, mm-hmm. um, just gone back and done so. But as a kid, I had a PSP. And I got to play uh, Crisis Core. And mm. uh, my brother's girlfriend at the time or something was like, let me borrow it. And I never saw it again. <laughs> so, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Dirge was one that I never got to play. So I'm, I'm really excited to actually get a play through that story itself. So, yeah. And I've heard that, you know, I haven't heard many great things about Dirge. <laughs> so, I don't yeah, know. gameplay is a little bit, um, mm-hmm. let's say, acquired taste. <laughs> yeah. Do you think in Ever Crisis they're going to do the same type of like uh, battle systems that were unique to each game, or do you think they're going to have like one that goes throughout the entire story? Well, think, thinking back to what I said before, uh, in terms of reusing assets to save time and and money, I'm pretty sure it's just one um, battle system throughout the whole timeline. Basically, it's what That'd I am expecting. Be- mm-hmm. If not, well. The more battle systems, the better. It's uh, <laughs> it's interesting to play a little bit different for each story, but eh. they also uh, said that there is a uh, a separate boss rush mode, basically, where you can just um, select a boss and whichever unlocked characters you uh, you have. Oh, well, I, cool. I don't think they, they uh, specifically mentioned unlocked characters, but just you you can just choose whichever character to fight whichever boss and then just go for it. It's it's outside of the main story. It's just um, probably a separate sub-menu. Mm-hmm. Be and then uh, my prediction is you can unlock all the characters by playing the chapters where they appear in first. Then they, you can use them for the boss rush mode. So like you can use Zack, Vincent, and Yuffie uh, or something for mm-hmm. battling bottom swell at Junon. I don't know. Just something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be very cool. Yeah, for sure. But it does make sense that it's going to be consistent because yeah. they're currently working on part two and mm-hmm. all of that. So they'll have those um, assets to be able to draw from to use, I think, in Ever Crisis for their chapters that are outside of Midgard. But we'll we'll have to wait and see. But I'm really excited for Ever Crisis. Yeah. All right. So there was a First Soldier uh, crossover event with Final Fantasy VII OG. So we did get the original polygonal figure skins um, in the first soldier. Um, seems really cool. I haven't tried it out yet because I'm terrible at it. Um, so, <laughs> John, have you been playing the first soldier? I have, yeah. I have been playing it a good bit. And um, actually, so I didn't get to apply for the um, ambassadorship in the first one right. because I was lazy and I, I don't know, I just didn't do the research. Um, but I've applied for it this time, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. 
And the crossover event, man, like the, I am actually kind of excited and disappointed in it. <laughs> like, if oh. that makes sense. Like, I, uh, I really like the characters. It's, they're, mm-hmm. they're really cool. I love the throwback. I love seeing them in the game whenever I'm like playing against other people. But I wish there was a different way you could actually get them instead of mm. the, it, it kind of feels a little cash grabby a little bit to, uh, mm. like the actual, how you can get the characters in the game. You can't just buy them. You have to, uh, it's like there's a draw and you get, um, there are these Shinra tickets that you get, oh, premium Shinra tickets. And yeah. so for every one of those, you get like three random drops and it costs oh. like, yeah, it costs like five to get a three drop. And there's only like a, I think it's like a 0.0025% chance you'll get one of the characters. What? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, man, it's rough. If you could just buy them in the shop, I would have been, I would have already spent like $60. Yeah, but... exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's rough. Maybe have both options, you know, like if people yeah. want to buy them for, you know, $10 a piece or $20 a piece, then you can do that. Or you can just continuously buy the tickets so that you can try to get it. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, the game does give you some tickets for free, like doing the yes, event they do. Uh, stuff. Yeah. So that would be a free way to try it. And then if you didn't get it, you could spend that money. That would be a cool way to yeah. do it. But yeah. Yeah. So I am excited about it. Hopefully I'll end up getting them. And that's probably also why I'm kind of like bitter about it because I still haven't <laughs> got them. <yet. laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to get back into it. I, I played it for a bit, but I'm really bad. So I just... Like, honestly, time is uh, very limited <laughs> around here for me. So, mm-hmm. like, when I'm playing games, I'm trying to, like, find games that I find, uh, you know, like, I want to put the time into that I'm interested in. You know what I mean? Like, I'm interested in this. It's just that I'm not that great at it. And I know that I could get better if I continuously try. But, like, I'm a controller um, person. So, like, I just... I don't know how it is since the patches and everything, but the controller yeah. functionality was pretty bad when it first came out, and I was having like issues with it. But I need to kind of dive back in now that it's been updated quite a bit and just kind of give it another try and see. It has gotten significantly better since the last update that they did with the controller. Like, there's actually okay. a little cursor that you can move with the joysticks or oh, thumbsticks, okay. and you can instead of having like, oh, I yeah, can do certain stuff with the controller, <laughs> use my finger for other things. So yeah. It makes it a lot like that controller update has helped a ton, and okay. but it's still kind of you know like every once in a while I'll go through something and it'll still like glitch out on me while mm-hmm. I'm trying to play. So that that part is yeah. kind of annoying still, but it's getting better. Let's go to here. And what do you think, Fez? Uh, not too much because I I don't <laughs> play uh, the first soldier. Yeah, uh, for one, because it's a uh, battle royale, it's not, not really my thing. And second of all, it's a mobile game, and I don't play mobile games. I I'm already occupied by uh, mm-hmm, others same. like PS Five games, and right now the Trail series, uh, the, the Sky yeah. series on PC because there's none on the PS Five yet. But I've saw I've seen screenshots and that they, they look pretty cool, and I basically it's just nice fan service in my eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and and it looks hilarious that uh, this high polygonal figure cl- figure clashes with <laughs> Miss Cloud, <laughs> Lego style. It's it's funny. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So moving on here, Chrono Cross Remaster was announced. It was announced during a recent Nintendo Direct. 
So I just added this because I thought it was crazy, Viz, because you and I mentioned this last episode, and here we are. Uh, we were yeah. talking about the NVIDIA leak document that had like a list of games um, that were apparently going to be released. And if we check and look back, I think that most of those that were on there have been revealed or released since then. I remember it was Remake for PC and also, uh, I think it was Alan Wake, this game. Although some people thought it was going to be a remake. It's, I think it said Chrono Cross Remake, but it was a remaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were others as well. So it's kind of made this leak a little bit more legitimate in my eyes, yeah, which is crazy uh, because I think Final Fantasy IX Remake was on that list and a bunch of other games that people have been asking for and freaking out um, over. And some people on social media have been dropping like hints about like games that apparently are going to be announced soon and stuff like that. So I just wanted to mention this. So here we are. Um, I think that it looks nice. Some people have been saying online that, you know, with an emulator, you can do everything that this release version has in it or make it even look even better. But, you know, that's usually the case with these like remasters, right? Where we're going to get, you know, the, the font looks better, the character models, but the game uh, is only going to look so good. You know what I mean? Without, you know, people coming in and creating mods where you can actually like replace the background so it's more high def or, you know what I mean? Mm. And I think that it is great because it includes the localized version of the text adventure, Radical Dreamers, which is really great because I, it wasn't translated before, right? So we didn't have it in North America. So people being able to, you know, choose between, uh, sorry, to, to get that story and also choose between the original graphics or the updated graphics um, and having those extra options there, I think it's great. Um, and I'm excited for this. I don't know when I'll pick it up or if I'll have time to play it this year, but <laughs> I've just, I have so many uh, PS5 games in my backlog and, you know, Forbidden West just came out, which I'm, I'm not even going to touch right now because I'm into Ghost of Tsushima deep into that and I love it. And then also Elden Ring's coming out. So like, you know, oh. it's just, I just don't, I just, yes. I'm never going to get, I'm never going to play these, finish these games. I'm never going to do it, but man. I bit off way too much. Like, I just actually got a Forbidden West knowing that Elden Ring's coming out on Thursday, yeah. and I'm trying to beat it before Thursday, but Ooh. my gosh. <laughs> and I'm trying to do Good it luck. on stream, too, so it's, like, even more impossible. Yes. It's, exactly. Uh, it's mm. been rough. It was a, it was a poor choice. <laughs> Poor choice on my part. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. Why do that to yourself? I'm the same way, dude. I'm the same way. I'm the same yeah. way. And then I will stop playing a game, and then I just will start something else, and I'll never go back and finish it. Like, I'll never go back and finish it. I don't know why, yeah. but yeah. anyway. That's why I'm waiting on uh, on the horizon until I finish Trails in the Sky second chapter. Yeah. Yes. Only then I, st- I buy it and, st- <laughs> and I start playing it. And then I finish it, and then I start Trails in the Sky third. That is a good good way to do it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I am really excited for the Chrono Cross remastered, and like it gives so much validity to the Nvidia leak that, like, mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. this game was the nail in the coffin for it. We're like, okay, <laughs> it's real now. Like, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I was already giving it a lot of uh, a lot of weight, but now I'm just like, it's happening. Everything on that list <laughs> is probably real. So yeah. well, Kingdom Hearts Four certainly is because that's <laughs> that's basically has been confirmed since forever. Mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts Four will mm-hmm. come out in some fashion sometime in the future. But 
probably a few years out. Yeah. I'm wondering though, like my, the the one that I'm the most what if about is Final Fantasy Nine. But it said remake mm. and not remaster. Yes. And so I'm like, yeah. are we getting a full seven remake uh treatment to nine? Because nine was actually a huge game in itself. Mm-hmm. Or nine nine is know. basically a an animation movie game if you remake yeah. it. That's yeah. pretty wild actually. I'm really curious as to how they'd actually implement that how that's gonna be a thing mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. definitely uh, back to chrono cross uh i played it in the past also on an, an emulator uh looked pretty mm-hmm. pretty good i'm the, the battle system is a little bit special let's say it's um <laughs> i'm not quite sure if i should like it or loathe it but it's it was fun to a certain degree but then i think i got distracted by another game and then never finished it i i don't think it was even uh halfway through but in general mm-hmm. i i think it's a pretty good game has a lot of uh, charming mm-hmm. characters and an interesting story but it's also been quite a while so i forgot probably yeah. like 80 percent of it mm-hmm. um if i ever have time and not many other games to play or to choose from maybe i'll pick it up and try to play it not quite sure if uh, the the new graphics or the the old upscale scale graphics. I've seen screenshots of both, and I like both. So I don't know. I'll have to see. But I'm I'm I think it's really really uh, nice from them to let us choose to um, just mm-hmm. get the original experience, high uh, high res, or the completely redrawn uh, character portraits, and mm-hmm. I think even new models and textures. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I do like that they are re-releasing older titles because it's kind of like preservation, right? Where it's being upgraded, yes, but the video games are made available now so that we have them in the future, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And they Mm -hmm. just don't kind of get lost and, uh, you know, never seen or played ever again, which a lot of the times does happen, you know? And it's really sad because there were some so good uh, games from that era, you know what I mean? Can I... Just say, Golden Sun. That game. Oh. I have talked about to everybody that has an ear right now. I'm like, please remake this game. But yeah, like, oh, that, I totally never... play that. Yeah, yeah, so good. But yeah, somebody on Twitter was saying that they just basically put, like, they were saying that there was going to be a game announced soon or mm-hmm. shown soon or something, and it was a Sony Entertainment first party game oh. but it's a jrpg in a series that we've seen the last the most recent entry in that series in the last five years oh. and that's all he could say so like people were like oh gosh looking like freaking out like they were just <laughs> like going through like um all the old games right from like 1995 and because i think he said the series is in the 90s mm-hmm. oh my god the first game so people were freaking out trying to figure out what it is i did for a bit i looked back and i was like oh maybe it's this but then i looked to see if they had a uh like the most recent like version of that game was released in the last five years and i couldn't find anything because um that would be like what 2017 or something like that Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i wasn't able to figure it out but Mm -hmm. people are losing their minds over that and it's (laughs) probably one of these old you know jrpgs Mm -hmm. 
wild arms or something like that <laughs> yeah that's yeah. what people were saying it's wild arms yeah mm-hmm. but I, I don't think we've seen that in the last five years or um, the latest no. entry of that i don't quite I remember don't because so. i i never really played this, the series i just uh like got to know it through through fr- mm-hmm. friends and stuff i think that it did have a mobile version though in 2018 so it could be oh. yeah it could be wild arms yeah there are at least four games four four core games that mm-hmm. i know of maybe there are some spin-offs i don't know yeah, but I, I would totally play that as well. Why not? Mm-hmm. The more the merrier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the 90s was full of great RPGs, to be right. fair. Yeah. JRPGs. All right, guys. So moving on here, we did have potential other Final Fantasy VII projects, I guess, that Nomura had said that they were working on at Square Enix. Um, we did talk a little bit about this um, just then about the NVIDIA leak and, you know, FF9. Potentially, they could be working on that. Um, for more Final Fantasy VII projects, I just said I'm not enti- entirely sure, but I remember there being a rumor about a Netflix Final Fantasy VII anime or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if he was referring to that. Um, but people have been asking for, you know, Crisis Core, like a whole compilation remaster. But I don't think we're going to get that because we're getting Ever Crisis. So I was thinking maybe like a Turk spinoff game or something like that. That'd be so cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing that I could really think about. I know like before Crisis is, you know, really focused on the Turks as well. But I just mean like a new age kind of, you know, PS5 graphics, like Turks game spinoff. I don't know. But anyways. I mean, that would be cool, too. In the book, um, The Kids Are All Right. That would mm-hmm. be a really cool story to turn into a game or have yeah. some type of way to play yeah. through. Yeah, absolutely. And Kyrie and uh, Leslie are also in there. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we've already got the characters drawn out, man. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if they did Crisis Core Remake or in like we were saying, like Dirge of Service, like I would love to play through that game. So those, either one of those two, I think, obviously have a huge fan base or a really already built-in crowd that they would mm-hmm. hardly have to market that to. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe maybe something about those 2,000 years ago, the end of the Cetra, yeah. or mm-hmm. basically the end, and Genoa's yeah. arrival. Oh my gosh. And that's a dark story to tell, too, because oh, we know yeah. how it ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jiva's <laughs> also there, so. Yeah, oh my gosh. That would be an amazing one. Like, I, I don't know if they've even ever talked about that, but that'd be a really cool story to tell. Also, uh, in, in uh, Intermission, there's uh, the, the description of Ramu, and he was also mm. like a, um, a stern god or a, a god that wasn't quite as nice and like mm-hmm. cast judgment upon those who didn't follow orders, what have you. And maybe it was really this, uh, this, this, this great king back then. Like yeah. there were just not cetras, but also like greater entities, May- maybe not greater entities, but like powerful cetra. Who then mm-hmm. ended up um, being summons, like Sephiroth told the group in the cut uh, dialogue. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. cut t- dialogue in the Temple of the Ancients. So there's there's a lot to explore. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, there is. There's a ton we could. I, that's why I like about the idea of Ever Crisis for me is that hopefully they flush out all the story, yeah. and then that's like our. That's our go-to encyclopedia of yes, Final exactly. Fantasy VII, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm still hoping for like a Final Fantasy VII dating sim or something. You know? <laughs> Why not? I keep oh. saying it. <laughs> Final Daddy, like Dream Daddy. Yeah, the, the yes. shippers will go crazy on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So moving on here, we are talking about the world of Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. So to start us off here, we are going to be touching on level design um, in Part Two and future parts. So Viz, did you kind of want to start us off with this section? Gladly. Um, it was it was I who uh, proposed uh, this uh, mm-hmm. this topic anyway. So. Let's start off. Um, just had a heads up. I didn't really make any notes, so I'm gonna wing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, because in the previous ep- in the previous episode, I had everything written down regarding trophies that I didn't forget anything. But here, I, th- I think it's better to just absolutely just let it all Go out. Go for it. Go for <laughs> it. <laughs> all right. Um, level design. So in the in this first game, we had mostly like tunnel design. More like Final Fantasy XIII um, corridors, a little bit broader and a bit more, um, f- uh, for example, in in the uh, in the towns or in the slums, mm-hmm. a bit more open areas, more connected um, tunnels. But in the end, it was more more confined and railroaded, basically. Yeah, on rails. Sometimes literally on rails, you couldn't even turn back <laughs> in certain <laughs> certain scenes. Um, and I'm pretty sure this will substantially change it, that uh, they're going more towards a Final Fantasy XII-like zoned approach, like big big mm-hmm. zones, not uh, smaller zones connected with each other because we now have the um, the horsepower to, to render yeah. everything and handle it. But I'm, I'm far away to say or to, to predict they're going open world like Final Fantasy XV because then we'll... we'll just lose our, ourselves in the in the big areas and uh, just run around like chickens, collecting gems and doing mob uh, uh, be- beating mobs and doing other yes. works for for NPCs and stuff. And I, I don't see that happening. At least not until uh, the probably one of the later parts, uh, penultimate or even the last part when we have the high wind, where basically mm-hmm. just can do whatever we want. Yes, but up to Icicle Inn and even the Northern Crater and the Whirlwind Maze, I'm pretty sure it's it's very linear. At least what sto- what the story to- storytelling is concerned, and level design needs to complement storytelling that it makes sense, yeah, as to not kill the pacing. But since we're going through an open world, not an open world uh, level design, but the open world, like not just in in one city, but actually. Running through meadows and swamps and yes, exactly. beaches, like you're and, outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then just running through corridors wouldn't really make any sense. Yeah, that's that's my initial take. I might add some more, but I want you guys to uh, get your opinions out there. I'm interested. So for me, I was thinking in the OG there were some areas that are quite small, right? So like you go into it and it's like one screen. You know what I mean? How? Yeah. It just had a screen and there was a set path that you would walk. It's like one or two screen areas. I think that these areas will be made a lot larger. And I think that there will be opportunity to kind of turn these areas into larger type dungeons, potentially, that we will be hopefully rewarded for if we discover them and we, you know, go through the whole um, area. I'm thinking that 
will will still be funneled in a corridor for certain areas like if we're going into um you know through the story parts yes. uh the story beats obviously hopefully we'll actually be allowed to turn around though and and go back or something because that was super annoying yeah they forced <laughs> us to keep like going i understand why but i just want to have freedom because i thought i forgot something in the church and then i couldn't go back mm-hmm like Fair. I forgot one of the one, one of the materials. I I remember. Then I then I I texted Viz like right away, and I was like, "Yo, <laughs> like I know you're done, and I'm not. So like, can I go back and get that? Because I forgot it. Now I'm really mad. But you do eventually <laughs> go back. And yeah. he was like, "No, you'll be able to get it later." I'm like, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> but stuff like that, you know, just like, you know, just funneling us. Okay, that's fine. It's the the narrative is happening and the story is is going. But then giving us a break from that and just kind of letting us, you know, go on our own devices and explore and, you know, having more buildings be explorable as well, you know, not just like having a box that's solid with like, yeah. it has textures <laughs> on the outside where there's like, you can't look in and there's nothing inside. I know there's going to be some of that anyway, but just, I don't know. I want more of that because I want to see people actually living in these towns in their houses. Like, why not just go in and see? And they're like, oh, God, like, who are you? Get out of my house or something. You know, like, just like <laughs> people are real. Like, it's real. They're not just all in the street and they don't go into their house. You know, yeah. I don't know. I just want to see like a living, breathing world. And I think that they have the potential to, you know, be able to give us that. I did say maybe uh, a fusion of like platformer and third person where they kind of already played with this idea anyway when the camera would zoom out when you're like climbing higher mm, you know how the right. camera kind of goes to the side i'm thinking like near automata kind of but you can't oh, jump yeah. so you don't really have the ability to kind of have battles that way and i'm thinking you know going up the uh the chow like statue let's say in uh wutai like, I just watched that segment on YouTube before the episode, and I'm like, it would be interesting if they could kind of turn it more platformer, maybe, mm -hmm. where they zoom out and you're going up the trails. Like, I don't know how, if they're going to do it, like, third person, where they make it so large that you're climbing up this mountain, that if you get into a battle, like, how are they going to do that? I, I was just trying to wrap my head around, like, doing, like, a platformer area, like, going up there, and... If you get into battle in the original, you're going through the path. They have these little bugs and they're like silk bugs or something. Maybe mm -hmm. they're instead mm -hmm. they're flying in the air and you jump and you actually attack them. You don't have to like get into a battle with it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Anyway, just a weird idea that I had, which <laughs> probably doesn't sound like fun. But anyway. I think it would be really cool. I, I'm wondering um, to I mean, to be honest, I feel like they've done a really good a good job of funneling mm -hmm. us through the story and even in the original it had an open world feel to it especially like as soon as like in the part that we're about to be in in part two they did a really good job of once you got out of midgar you're like oh my yes. god this is so open you know and again as a kid whenever i first played through it the reason it took me so long to even get to the nibelheim flashback is because i might have missed out on some dialogue that told me they, we were meeting up in Calm, like where Calm yes. was. <laughs> so I'm like over there, probably already almost got a golden chocobo by the time I even entered into Calm. Because I'm like side, like, you know, going out, yeah. meeting the chocobos and like trying to get past the snake and then doing all these things. But so I had really kind of done a lot of other stuff and they made it really open world back then, even just in that part. So I feel like as long as they can give us that sense of... Well, this is really open. Mm -hmm. 
and then, you know, maybe take it away from us for certain parts and funnel us into story mm-hmm. story relevant areas. I think that would still be still give us that false sense of openness, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, there there's a there's a, a section later on I'll go more into, but yes. I'm I'm also in favor of balance between funneled more constricted mm-hmm. areas and moving forward areas basically and mm-hmm. uh, and bigger areas where we can like decide our our own pace where we have a few um points of interest where we can interact with or go to some optional mm-hmm. some not um i'm pretty sure this is the way to go because uh, well, it kind of was a little bit like that in seven, sector seven and five and six yes. slums, but it's it's kind of like too small. Those are towns, and towns are meant to be explored and to uh, mm-hmm. take yeah. on um, side quests and what have you. But it's not it's it's not not quite the same. It's not quite the same. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And speaking of handling cities, what do you think about? Uh, how we should ha- how they should handle cities or populated areas. You, Kai, already mentioned something like we, we need to go into people's houses and uh, steal their stuff. Well, maybe not steal their stuff, but get told <laughs> off or something. <laughs> Even just having them like people inside, you know, where you can actually go in. And I don't mean every single building, but not everybody, you know, in calm needs to be in the street. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, like for sure. That's the thing in the slums too, where it's like everybody is out of their home or they're just inside, but they don't go between. They don't go between being outside to go inside. Like, unless it's an open, it's a shop and they're going in and out, but they don't, which is like playing Ghost of Tsushima. Like, I can go into like a dwelling or whatever and there's mm-hmm. people in there and you hear them, either they're scared or they'll say something, piece of dialogue that you get. Like, it's just, I just want more of that, where it seems like more of like a, a lived-in world, living and breathing. Mm. I do appreciate having all of the NPCs, and like they tried to really flesh it out and make it like that, but they just, I think they probably couldn't do it or something. I don't know if it was technical limitations, or they just didn't have time, but that's something to make it more um, real uh, for me. Yeah, I agree. I think that if they... If they do allow us to have more uh, more interaction with those people, and in particular in Calm, if they could fix one mm-hmm. thing for me, if they could allow <laughs> us to get that item out of that cabinet, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. that would make me very happy. And what if we get it and it's just a note? It's just like a note from the design, like the director, and he's like, hey. That would be great. That would be yeah. great. <laughs> no, don't you know you're going to open it and it's going to be an NFT? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Square then Enix you, first NFT. Yeah, <laughs> and you ent- enter the battle against the NFT. <laughs> uh, oh we're going my god! Full on like, a, what, what game was that? Um, oh, Control, <laughs> Control, where you had to fight like the monsters within the things. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I honestly, I agree with what you're saying. I feel like if they make it so where. We get to actually have a little bit more character to these NPCs and like show a little bit more about the actual towns. I think that would be a really good thing. And not everybody has to, I don't guess. No. But yeah, just have some people that are have a little bit more story to it. Yeah. For sure. Um although even in part one when you were um patient enough, you could just listen to 
to all the NPC chatter, and yes. they have a mm -hmm. lot to talk about, really a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this is not really an interaction. You just listen to. Um, You're just listening. I, yeah, I, yeah, I I prefer that that uh, more characters are actually like you can interact with those. In Calm, mm -hmm. I remember that you can talk to many of them, and some uh, even ask you what your opinion is about uh, Shinra. Like some mm -hmm. are more pro Shinra Marco. Some I think know the life before Shinra Marco was better. And depending on how you you uh, react, of course they react too. But you also uh, affect the affection system, like who you you're taking on a date later. Yeah, so it's yeah. also pretty cool. So I I hope this uh, <clears throat> they re they retain that at least uh, talking actively talking to NPCs. Maybe mm -hmm. you don't need to enter every homestead because, no, exactly. uh, yeah, it's it's quite rude to just enter uh, anybody's home. But maybe somebody <laughs> has has an open house party or so or something. You can go in and talk to people, or mm -hmm. or maybe in um, uh, within a side quest, uh, mm -hmm. you, you have to bring a kid home or something. I don't know. Just just something in the story integrated that allows you to enter somebody's home that you so you also see hey this is what a home looks like and this is how they live and if you only see shops and inns that it's it's not really representative of the people yeah. that live there and in a calm it's really important that I, I feel that uh, you need to to experience how they live also in cosmo canyon yeah yes. this is the cosmo. way of life in there it's 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 so special and you need to to even get in, into this little room with all the, the cushions and the, I, I call it the chill room, where you could just mm -hmm. f uh, flop down and just hang, hang back, smoke a pipe, whatever you want, and just chill. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was pretty nice there. Yeah, I, I just wonder, you know, if we have, I, I actually made like a kind of a list of even like small, ins, I guess, kind of like side areas that were involved in the game where I'm thinking start to finish of part two might be it's so massive that if i i don't know i hope they don't skip over the tiny details like these parts like how they can yeah. have the small interactions because of how huge this game mm. now has to be after like yeah <laughs> yeah for sure um i i think that's that's the that's the crux there um yeah that's why i also feel three parts in total is probably cutting a bit too too tight <laughs> because they, they now need to include so many things and uh explore everything make everything bigger expand on on things introduce yeah. subplots and include all the uh the compilation lore in there as they've already done in part one there's so much to do and that's why i think part two will end at the at uh nibelheim present Nibelheim with mm, some yes. some huge uh, huge revelation and uh, extremely expanded upon because Nibelheim is so, so important and in the original mm -hmm. game you just basically pass through, talk to some uh, hooded people and meet Sephiroth he throws the material at you flies off and then you're done mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this just wouldn't fly for, for the remake, definitely not so you're the second person I've heard say that uh, the of everybody I've talked to, a lot of people will give me different ideas on where they think it's going to end. Like a lot of people are saying Castillo Sol or like Junon or something. But I really agree. I think that that bringing us back into Nibelheim would be the perfect like little like icing on the cake. If it starts us off in the exactly in the, 
in the Nibelheim incident, if it starts us off in that yeah, truck, exactly, and then it ends us in the town, and they're like, "Wait, I thought this doesn't burn down." What? Or like, you know, something, something along those lines. Yeah, and please let us do something in the reactor. The reactor is just there; you can get yes. in. Mm-hmm. There's uh, nothing there. It's just yeah. so underwhelming. But if you if you even take those parts, like if we did go all the way and not really even go into Nibelheim yet, like it's say we do just walk into Nibelheim, look at all the stuff that they have before that because it's that's all the way up it's to a lot. Golden Saucer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's even Cosmo Canyon. I didn't even think about this, but like leading up to that, there's so much stuff. It's it's huge. North Corel and uh, Costa del Sol, Juno, yeah. and Fort Condor and. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, uh, I hope I really do hope that we at least get to there that would be amazing and if we can get in the golden saucer that part like I'm going to spend yeah. an entire week just like gambling oh, yeah. and, like, <laughs> for sure <laughs> so I don't oh but yeah I, I think I know I got way off track on that but handing no worries. <laughs> in some populations it just I feel like to really be able to fully like m- develop them as much as we would like them mm-hmm. to they're either mm. going to have to cut out some parts or make make more parts of the game, I guess is what I should... That's my thoughts. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, well, uh, let's say in Final Fantasy XV, they all already did a pretty good job, um, but also it's the same in uh, Part 1. It's you, you can't enter anything. And in, in 15 it was even worse. There, mm-hmm. there were yeah. basically none... Uh, no buildings you could enter. All the um, like the, the the inns and the restaurants were outside, most of them at yeah. least. So there's not much we we can take from from the past to compare it to, mm-hmm. unless we go further into the past, or maybe even other games. I I can't think of another modern RPG that uh, handles this well. I haven't played The Witcher Three too much, just a little bit, like the first few hours. And you can enter cottages there, but it's still mm-hmm. like tiny. And you enter one; it's one room, has a few things, yeah. and you open a chest, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want that either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think a you know happy medium between both yeah. of those is good. Like, and I'm playing through Ghost of Tsushima. Like I said, oh, I really like going. Like I'm just exploring because I need to get you know resources, or I need to get some kind of you know, material, let's say, for, mm. you know, upgrading my weapon or whatever. And there's, like, sacks of those resources, like, in people's houses that I can take. They do kind of, like, some of them have dialogue that you can enable. Like, you can talk to them, and they give you... Basically, you talk to them, and then it unlocks a quest that goes on the map. Oh, Which right. I really mm-hmm. enjoy, because then it takes you to a different part of the map where you might uh you do that quest for that person but then you're there and you might find somebody else or you might find more lore about the story or what happened to this town or whatever Mm -hmm. but i do agree that like once you've been in like one or two of the houses they're like pretty much all the same they have a ladder you go up the ladder (laughs) there's some supplies there you go down the ladder. like it's a little bit repetitive i feel like they could have done better at designing like the buildings a little bit different but i get it it's like you know, at that time, that probably could have been, like, the most common format of a house. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. But I feel like there's a way to do it. I feel like they did a good job in Remake. I do. Like, they did a, they did a good job. Like, some of the places you could go in, there were NPCs in there. Like, the bar and the, 
you know, the karaoke, the restaurant, the, um, the, the leaf hotel, house. the leaf mm-hmm. house, like you could go into the doctor, not the doctor's office, but it was like that retirement. Yeah. The retirement home or like the community, mm-hmm. community center. I think it's mm-hmm. called. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good, but I feel like sometimes the, the side quests were just more like go and fetch this for this person. They give us some lore, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of like use it as an opportunity for us to kind of get lost <laughs> and then discover things and then find out more lore that way and we'll find our way back. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, mm, I don't yeah. think we need to be funneled and pushed and like every single thing kind of like fed to us is like, leave us and let us just kind of figure it out. Like, we're smart, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. we can do it. We can do it. And I think it's a great opportunity for new character introductions as well. Like we saw in part one, we got, you know, Madame M and uh, Chocobo Sam and Andrea, Leslie. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so these were fleshed out, right? There were bigger mm-hmm. areas and more characters. And I think that, that that's what's going to happen is we're going to spend more time in these cities and areas where in the original, we only spent a little bit of time before we moved on. Like they're really going to flesh it out and make it seem um, bigger because mm-hmm. we're there for longer. And then, mm-hmm. anyway, we'll, we'll talk about it in, in a bit, but that's what I think, anyways. I like that. All right, so moving on here, transitions between areas. So, Viz, I don't know if you want to start us off. Yeah, I, I'll just make a short introduction. Um, transitions, uh, the thing is, um, we've seen a transition in uh, the in- intermissions ending scene, like they were walking towards Calm, but then got mm-hmm. picked up by uh, Chocobo Bill, got uh, dropped off right outside mm-hmm. uh, town, basically. And this is uh, just one day, one day's worth of a walk. <laughs> and if they are not using vehicles, just run and walk to, towards the next, uh, next location, which is, after mm-hmm. Calm, the Chocobo Ranch. I looked mm-hmm. on the map if they if they kind of uh, still keep the um, the proportions of the of the world map. Um, Calm Chocobo Farm is around three times longer mm-hmm. than Midgar to Calm, so this means just three days on the road, and this is just not fun to play through. And <laughs> if you know that, but still can just run uh, between Calm and uh, Chocobo Ranch uh, by foot, maybe takes five minutes or something. Uh, it this would just mean okay yeah the, the world is really really small and this doesn't really fly I think so in my mind transitions could uh, be an, uh, either you take a vehicle and it cuts off or mm-hmm. you are on the vehicle and for a while you're just there you can uh, talk with the other characters if you want um, maybe it's it's not much fun or on a small truck but still. You could just talk to the other characters and then skip to the end if you want. To not just uh, uh, just skip, but actually um, like experience the, r- the mm-hmm. ride just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or it's just cut to black and then they're, on, uh, they're uh, on the other side of the swamp, for example, or what have you. Or they just, yeah, they just start start walking and then it fades to black and you know, okay, now it's it fades in and it's dark already. So, you know, they've been walking for hours now and then they see the solemn and the, a uh, lightning strikes and 
and rain starts dropping and then they seek shelter in the mithril cave and then we're there. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. There's so many um, so many options they can choose from, I, I think. But everything 100% connected without any transition, I don't think that's that's even possible. Unless you just want to cut down on scale, but then it, it wouldn't feel like a planet anymore. Mm-hmm. It probably just feels like, oh, you're running around the neighborhood. What do you guys think? Um, I feel like 15 did a... What was your take on the way that 15 handled uh, going between place to place? Because I think, like, scale-wise, they gave us massive scale in, in traveling between towns in the game. Do you, did you like how they did that, or what were your thoughts? Uh, in, in principle, yes. It's, it felt pretty large, but it didn't feel like a whole continent. It felt like, yeah, you're mm-hmm. just... In in, uh, in one countryside, like in a, um, I'm used to t- tiny Switzerland, but in in the US, it's probably maybe a county or something, mm-hmm. just yeah. the size of a county. And yeah. um, if you think like that, yeah, it's it it does work, and uh, you you actually have to ride for like five to ten minutes if you want to to cross half of it or even uh the full of it, maybe fifteen minutes in the car, and it just just watch the, the others uh drink coffee and read a book. You listen yeah. to some tunes and uh, take in the countryside, the sights. Uh, it it kind of makes sense, but this is also a road trip. This is one of the premises of uh, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Fifteen, and this makes sense. But in yeah, in Final Fantasy Seven Remake, I'm not. It it is, mm. it is a journey. That's true. That's true. But it is not a journey where you can just where you just freely roam around and go to places, uh, collect the old uh, king's arms swords mm-hmm. and stuff uh it's it's not it's not the same storyline it's not the same premise i don't think it would work like creating yeah. uh, one big area when you could just run around everywhere drive around everywhere there are uh, there are uh, sections where you can do do it like create uh, a, a bigger hub area not a hub city but a hub area where we have access to one two or even three locations and a forest and what have you but mm-hmm. then you need you need a uh, a vehicle like a, a buggy. But we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, and you know I was even thinking about this. There are certain parts in the game where um, distance traveled has a time relevance. Like for instance, I think it was the diamond weapon. Whenever oh, it's right, attacking yeah. Midgar, and it comes from one side of the ocean, walks the entire distance, and then makes it to Midgar. And I'm wondering how long would that take us to travel? There, you know, because <laughs> yeah. where, where are we at right there? The uh, the sleeping where the ancient forest? Uh, maybe it it appears um, quite close to Bone Village, but on the other side mm. of of the mountains. Yes, like closer closer to to Midgar on the east. Mm-hmm. But it's around there, basically. It, it just emerges from from depth, depths of the ocean and then just walks towards Midgar. Yeah. So I'm wondering how they're going to... Oh, I mean, if you keep everything in the story within the same size and timing to travel and all that, I'm wondering how they're going to make that yeah. seem desperate, you know? And not like, oh, it's going to take like three days for him to... Yeah. He's out of the ocean. We know he's heading <laughs> in that direction. But it's going to take him like a week or so, so... I can see see them uh, fire, firing up some sort of radar on the high wind, and you can always check there, oh, he's there now. And oh, you have a timer cool. probably, and you see, okay, it's, it's there now. And if you if you travel there with the high wind, you can see him from above or something, like swimming. Mm-hmm. 
swimming happily towards Smithgar or something. That'd be um, so cool. Otherwise, I, I don't think it's it's possible to to, to recreate it one to one. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So, but I I don't know. I think that timing is obviously going to be a factor, and if they're going to keep it. If, if they're going to keep it open world and uh, keep proportions the same size. Because like you said, I mean, from uh, Midgard to Calm is really, like you said, it's about a day's trip. And it's a good bit further from Calm to the Chocobo Ranch. So Yeah. So yeah, this is, you need basically to, to either fade to black or use use a vehicle to, tra- to travel between places mm-hmm. far away. And then when you're at the place, then there's a huge zone, huge area, whatever you want. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what we're going to get. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna get transported to Calm, probably by Chocobo Bill, mm-hmm. and then we are funneled through the story there. It's a large town. We're there, and it's gonna be hours, like hours, 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 hours. And then when we're done that, and we go to leave, then maybe, um, like we discover, okay, we have to leave, but we need Chocobos. Like we can't. We can't go unless we have those. So then maybe he picks us up and brings us to the chocobo oh, farm. That's a good and idea. then we do the breeding. And then he's like, here, you can have it. Like you have them, like take them, whatever. And then we can use them to traverse. I'm not sure, but I, don't, I think we're going to be like driven there, whether it's going to give us control of a vehicle or it's just going to funnel us there mm-hmm. at least for the f- first half. Like, I don't think that it, everything's going to be unlocked. Like, we can kind of go where we want until we get the chocobo and we've done, like, certain things. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to suspend our our disbelief. Like, I, I really think that... To a certain degree, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to... It's not going to take us a day because I don't think we're going to have... Are we going to have day and night cycles? Like, I just don't see them doing... Mm. I don't even know if they're going to do that. Like, I, I don't not. think so. Yeah. Right. I think it's going to be probably daytime, unless story-specific elements require it to be nighttime, like mm-hmm. they did in part one. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I don't think, like, the distance between, you know, Midgard to Calm is going to take us, like, a day or three days to get there, obviously. Because it's mm-hmm. not... They're not building it, like, uh, you know... Um, what is it called? Uh, Red Dead Redemption, which oh, is like yeah, very yeah. big, and it takes you a long time to <laughs> yeah. travel by horse. You know, yeah. even in Ghost of Tsushima, it's like you have to do the same because there's no way mm-hmm. that you're riding horse from one side to the other in that short amount of time. But yeah, it has yeah. day and night cycles, so it does turn to night and then it's day, but it's still not really realistic. So I just see us probably it opens, we're in the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. And then he drives us to calm. We get out. It's big outside of the ci- outside of the city. We can like explore and do things around there, but we can't like go all the way back and just travel back to Midgar in an open world. Mm-hmm. And then we do all the things there. That takes a long time. And then when we leave, we can either leave there and walk to the Chocobo uh, ranch or farm, whatever. And then, or he might pick us up and drive us there, maybe, or I don't know. Just talking about how big some of these cities are going to be, has there ever been a game so ambitious? (laughs) Like, it's so (laughs) huge, man. It is insane. And, like, um, so Elden Ring's coming out next week, and they're talking Mm -hmm. about, like, it's going to be an open-world Dark Souls. That already seems overwhelming to me, but, like, (laughs) I know how big the story of Seven is, and I'm like, (laughs) I have anxiety for the developers. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's that's why I think they they need to to make to create the illusion that it's a big world and mm-hmm. make shortcuts to achieve it, but still make us feel like we have a lot of uh, freedom to roam around and that they're not cutting back on content. So yeah. the, the 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 good example I I started off before is um, between Calm and Chocobo Ranch. There's no like map you can traverse. It's just uh, you either they uh, they travel there by foot and just fades to black, and three days later they're like uh, all sweaty and dirty clothes, mm. and you know, okay, that's uh, it's been three days, or they just get a ride over there, and it's yeah. it's basically the same. And then you have mm-hmm. Chocobo Ranch with the, the huge uh, grassy area, the meadows and whatever, and you you catch Chocobo, um, you um, like tame it, and then you have Chocobos to traverse the marsh because otherwise mm-hmm. yeah, you're exactly. basically screwed. <laughs> but since you yeah. have a Chocobo and they, they can race really fast, you can probably run through the whole marsh and you see on the other side, the, 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 the far end uh, mountains. Mm-hmm. And since they're so fast, you can outrun the solemn and and it's basically a race towards uh, on the towards mm-hmm. the other side and that's a big area you can cross but only because you're fast but then mm-hmm. you're in the, in the caves and then the caves can maybe feel big but it, since you don't see how big the the mountains are they can get away with um like maybe a, a kilometer or even a half mm-hmm. half half a mile half a mile for you uh, north americans a half a mile within the, the the cave system but actually mm-hmm. it's like 50 outside but you don't see it so it it doesn't matter so you go go inside go through the cave and then go outside and you're on the other side maybe mm-hmm. as i said maybe 50 50 miles uh, further to the west and then you have a a, a big area again with uh mm-hmm. junon in in the in the far end and uh fort condor to the to the left mm-hmm. and this could be one uh, maybe basically the first open world area maybe if if it's if it's possible to to create this that it feels mm-hmm. big and you don't lose yourself in it but still mm-hmm. there are so many things to 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 explore there like there's this, there's a forest where it could meet your feet there's a, a river you can cross yeah. well you can't cross it yet maybe you can still cross it now uh, to the cave with a sleeping man or something i really hope it's, it's still there <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah just 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 uh, many points of interest uh, in within reach. Yeah, that can happen also between Gold Saucer and the um, mm-hmm. uh, Cosmo Canyon, and you have the buggy, so it it takes it doesn't take as as long. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kind of reminds me of Uncharted Four, when there where there is uh, this one big area where you can traverse with the the buggy. You can all with the jeep. You can always step out and explore caves and stuff, but you you right. can. Uh, just um, drive around, which is mm-hmm. pretty fast. You have to drive around. Uh, I, I don't think you can cross certain things, with, uh, certain parts without without it. Mm-hmm. But um, it, this is something I I, I I imagine. It's it's a huge open um, zone. Yeah, mm-hmm. by foot it's like it's crazy. You should probably shouldn't, but with the buggy it's pretty easy. Okay. But not the whole game, of course. Just this, this, this area between yeah, certain exactly. uh, certain locations, mm-hmm. like two or three times in part uh, two alone. If it ends at Nibelheim, and I think that is uh, something they they can achieve and would be able to press into one game. 
But when mm-hmm. we go to like Tiny Bronco and uh, High Wind, there's a entirely different conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so our next part here, we're talking about corridors versus open areas, and I know that we touched on this um, previously. So I think that it will be a combination of both. Like I said, when the story is pushing us forward, we're going to have to kind of follow along. And we're, you know, forced to go into corridor kind of, you know, constructed areas. But I think that there will be also large open areas that we can um, explore further if we really want to. I said in the OG, we couldn't exactly go where we wanted. When we first leave Midgar, we have a mm-hmm. choice, but it's a choice between like three or four places. You know what I mean? Like this game wasn't like people think that this game was like this massive open world game, like initially for the whole thing, but it wasn't. It was very, you know, story uh, driven, but mm-hmm. we had a choice for where we could go, but it wasn't just like a massive open world game, right? So I think that we're going to see similar things here. like. We can go to certain places. Some places aren't accessible right now because you're only in a certain part of the story. You need a certain vehicle or whatever. And then, yeah, you leave. And then you're, you know, you're in Junon, like Viz said, and it's larger. And then it's even larger. And maybe it's like, you know, uh, even bigger, but it's not completely like 100% open world, which they've said anyway, that it's not pretty much gonna, gonna be that. And I'm okay with that. Because I like open world games for me are very daunting. I and I don't like it's a lot. And there's so many, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm like with remake, I was just so happy that it wasn't that because it was like just I knew what I had to do and it was beautiful and I enjoyed the gameplay. The story was awesome. You know what I mean? It it wasn't like I had to travel to like all the way over this other side of the map just to get like one little side quest and then go all the way back. Like I don't know. I just don't have the time for that um, stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate the people that do and they love it and that's their thing, but I just don't think we're going to get that mm-hmm. in part two. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I'm pre- uh, pretty, much, uh, pretty much with you there. As I also uh, mentioned before, uh, I, I've seen that you, you also wrote down like references to, to uh, Hamaguchi and Toriyama's interviews. Mm-hmm. And I remember that Hamaguchi was the one, I think, who told the interviewee or interviewer uh at some point that that he loves horizon zero dawn Mm -hmm. i think it was him so it's it's possible that 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 certain areas will be pretty much yeah uh, very open and not as straightforward and linear as as we we think but not the whole game of course no unless Mm -hmm. I, i misremember maybe you guys remember as well i don't know uh, I don't remember Horizon, but I remember them saying God of War. Oh yeah, God like of War. That, I think mm-hmm. maybe it could be. It's that there are so many interviews they blend together at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but they did. They did talk about like the need of having an overworld map, basically. So, uh, and and how to leverage the breadth of the world to make it seem like it's very open is what they were saying. So yeah. they know that and they're working on it. And I have faith. You know, I, I'm mm. I'm open to receiving it for what it is, and I know I'm okay with it. You know, not being a crazy open worlds. That's not the way. That's not this game anyway, and that's not what it is. So, mm. you know, I, I'm okay that it's it's not going to be that. I'm just excited, and I, I am uh, optimistic that they can do it properly. I just can't wait to to see it. You know, and and play it. But oh yeah, 
<laughs> it's cool to know that they're looking at some of the games that I admire in those senses as well, yes. too. And they're like, they're taking note, you know, they're like, yes, these guys exactly. are really good here. So maybe we could take a little bit of that spice and put it in our, put it yeah. in ours, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so I'm excited about that. When I look back, it's uh, uh, remake part one is, is basically just uh, a mix of all the the good parts from the past, like the good parts from Final Fantasy XIII, the stagger mechanic. Um, mm-hmm. Then we have the ATB from the original, but we also have like this this semi action driven battle from fifteen, but better. And yeah, it's like everything they've learned so far. They tried to to pick out the um, the segments or the, the the systems that work, and yeah. try to to make everything fit. That's a, that's a, at least the impression I got. That they really tried to to leverage all their good experiences from uh, past games to to make this into a masterpiece. Well, it, in my eyes, not quite the masterpiece yet, because as we've mm-hmm. talked about in in one of of our previous uh, episodes, it has a lot of problems still, pacing issues, graphical issues pre-integrate of course mm-hmm. um but still it's it's one of my favorite games and i wouldn't have it any other way mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree you know i always tell my daughters this like uh so they're both really into watching disney movies and mm-hmm. um but at the starting of every movie like before they really get into a movie they'll be like oh, i can't watch this movie anymore it's got like the first part of the movie it's always <laughs> like I don't know, something bad happens to the main character or like it's slow pacing <laughs> at the beginning. But then after they finally have watched the whole movie, they're like, can we watch it again? And then they just want to watch <laughs> that same movie. And I feel like we're in that moment that I'm like, you guys, like I always tell my daughters, just you got to get over the first part of the movie. Got to really get into the story first. And mm-hmm. I think we're That's right true. there, you know, mm-hmm. like I just can't it happened to, to me what... with with uh, the True Blood TV series. Uh, like mm. I watched the first mm. like four or five episodes, and I was like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it didn't click. And then uh, then a friend of mine just just told me, just just keep going. It gets good. <laughs> and then yeah. I I continued a little bit, finished the first season, and then I kind of got hooked because I I I learned to love the characters, and and mm-hmm. uh, the story was yeah yeah better than I expected. And then season two was pretty good. And then after that, it just divulged into complete uh, ridiculousness. Yeah, but and, then I was hooked anyway. It just, just kept this game going. <laughs> I finished it, but yeah. it was ridiculous. It but was, I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, nice. That's true fandom right there, okay? And I feel like that's what we've got going on right now. Like, we're just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even, yeah. you know, like, uh, I guess NSP, he was like, you know, he's faced a little bit of backlash for his... Thoughts on uh, remake part one, and I, even him, he's going back through. He's been playing uh, mm-hmm. through the game again. And he's got a different perspective on it. He can appreciate things that he didn't whenever he first played through. And mm-hmm. and I mean, I don't know. I think it's really cool. I really, I'm very excited for wherever we're going with this game and story wise and everything. I'm like, even even the whispers. I'm like, all right, just show me where yeah, you're going with it. You know? So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think there's going to be a payoff, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But I think they're they're um, setting us up for something pretty crazy. Yeah, um, and I'm here for it, and I'm open. And that's the way that I was initially when this game came out because I just knew that it wasn't going to be an exact recreation of the original. But I also yeah. didn't want that. You know, mm-hmm. if I wanted that, I would play the original again. Yeah, and and that's why I love it so much because I was open to accepting 
it for what it was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that they did a really great job. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Like even even marketing and what they say in their interviews, they are doing a really good job of keeping us in like a suspended animation mm -hmm. <laughs> of what's happening next. Like, yeah, there. I mean, in one of the interviews that I read recently, where he was saying like we're we are gonna stay very true to the original story arc, and I'm yes. like, but what about this? <laughs> like, I, <laughs> yeah, like they gave me something without really giving me a lot. So I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah, same, same. Um, what it's worth, um, we we are on for a, for a very very great ride. It could go either way. Yeah. It could turn to crap, or it can turn into gold, or something mm -hmm. in between. And uh, it's that's the thing. The unknown journey awaits, so or continues. Mm -hmm. It's it, it, this this is for the characters, but also for us. We have no idea where it goes. They promised it will still feel like Final Fantasy VII. It will be the same story basically, but they mm -hmm. will also uh, divert into different things or or change certain. Uh, parts like the honeybee in the whole wall markets part was quite different mm -hmm. so i have hopes but i still cannot predict what they will change and how so this is really exciting and even with part one it was it i didn't just play a remake i played final fantasy 7 for the first time again and same mm -hmm. will will happen for uh part two part three part four however however many mm -hmm. parts there will be yeah there were so many parts in the in in remake where I was expecting one thing to happen, and then I was yeah. pleasantly surprised and like blown oh, yeah. away by how mm -hmm. different and more massive the game was. I remember uh, on stream before you go into the Shinra Tower, I was like, "Ah, well, we're almost done. We're almost done." Or like this, <laughs> like yeah, the whole ending chapters. I was like, "Oh, we're almost done." We're we're about there. <laughs> nope. We had like three whole days worth of streaming left before yes. we got through the story. So, I mean, I don't know. I think they're doing a really good job of it so far. But yeah, yeah. And I guess to go back to the original question that you asked on, um, was it were we on corridors versus open areas? I really think that like, you know, we're probably gonna have a mix of both. Yeah. Yeah, they they just need to do that because as I said, if I said before, just just one big open world and you're going from place to place and you can choose which one to go first and to just lose yourself in in the world. Mm -hmm. This is not the story of Final Fantasy VII. They 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 are chasing Sephiroth. They're basically following a linear path with some uh, like uh, branch branches uh, in the original mm -hmm. game. Even the uh, Gongaga was uh, optional. Mm -hmm. So it, it wasn't like just go from A to B to C like in Final Fantasy thirteen where it was actually just you're on a train and just goes where the rails take it. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that, it, it needs to be a healthy a healthy combination of both that you have like basically a breather. You can just roam around a little bit, explore because you don't really quite know where to go next, and mm -hmm. you have a few ideas, but you also need to want to go there and then uh, to the other place. But then when the story picks up, you're you're basically on the train again, and then you're going forward, forward, forward. Mm -hmm. Then the train stops at the next station, then you can just roam around again, look what's mm -hmm. what's there, explore. I think that's that's the pacing they need to nail. The the, the, the good good balance between corridors and open mm -hmm. areas. 
that's yeah. that's uh that's my my vision mm -hmm. basically for for the next part at least yeah and i mean honestly like having that sense of urgency like we're chasing sephiroth we're chasing this we're trying to get this got to get the huge material before shinra does like having <laughs> yeah. these like pacing type missions and quests that we've got will i think allow it to drive us in that direction we're like yeah. all right we've got we just we just got the huge material and we can kind of like calm down and explore other things at the moment and that would allow us to you know i guess escape exactly. the final fantasy 13 uh downfall where it was mm -hmm. so linear mm -hmm. but we've got a lot of a lot of pivotal moments like keyframe moments that you can change uh like the pace of it and get us out of that corridor mm -hmm. feeling yeah for sure for sure Good things are coming. I can feel it. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, September. <laughs> I just want to go to sleep and wake up, and it's like the day that we get the information. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whenever that is, maybe never. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So moving on here, we're talking about why the open worlds may not serve the narrative of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Viz, did you want to start us off with this section? Oh, for sure. I, I know we, we already touched on that before, but this is this is re a, really a point that I um that that came up in many different mm -hmm. conversations, and we have a certain narrative, we have a story, we have uh, certain character arcs, we have the main story, we have um backstory segments, we have so many things. Mm -hmm. So flashbacks. it's flashbacks. Yeah, flashbacks, <laughs> and and also uh, side side stories basically, and. If you have an open world, uh, the, the open world I can remember the best is Horizon Zero Dawn. And mm -hmm. there, the main story was not uh, chase Sephiroth and now um, do the parade and sneak yeah. onto the ship and also, all those things. It's figure, figure out what, what is going on here. Because Aloy, yeah, Aloy finds this this thing in uh, when she when she's a kid, and mm -hmm. uh, which doesn't really fit the world. I'm trying to hard to not yeah. spoil it for those who haven't played. It's like her her history though too, right? And yeah, yeah, it's 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 her history. She she needs first she she also wants to to basically know where she's coming from because her yes. fa her father is or her her mentor is not her father basically, mm -hmm. but um. First that, and but also what's what's with this world, because this thing she she finds in the beginning is uh, first she, only she has it, and maybe a few others have, but it's not something that's that's everywhere. And robo dinosaurs in in a, in a <laughs> basically stone age. What what is happening here? It's basically it's what what how how it came how how this world came to be. It's or mm -hmm. or basically what what is what is happening here? That's that's the thing. Yeah. And you can. That's this this premise just lends lends itself to just travel the world and find other uh, tribes and f find out how they live and and how things and that your antagonists what the, what the, what they are up to and then you'll find yeah. more uh, evidence and stories of the past and whatever and it's it's really really interesting but here it's completely different the, the pacing mm -hmm. of the story is completely different you have a main goal yes but there are so many uh, sub goals. Uh, within within the journey you can't just uh like throw cloud and the others into one huge world and then just let them be to be fair in open world games uh, i don't play that many but in horizon zero dawn there were 
you ha didn't have access to the whole world at first, just mm -hmm. uh, yeah. like maybe a, f a fourth of the whole thing, or maybe even a fifth. Mm -hmm. But then you, you were able to go to, to the next area, and then you had basically access to maybe half or, or a third of the whole world. Mm -hmm. And then after a certain, th a certain uh, time, you had access to the whole thing. So it's, it's kind of like in, in, in three stages. But still, the, the first area is very, very large for in itself. So um, mm -hmm. I, I don't think this, this really works well for Final Fantasy VII's story to tell it. But as I said before, um, like funneling uh, the, the player through corridors throughout the whole part two, again, wouldn't make any sense either. Because we're we're not uh, in a confined city, but yes, exactly. in, in the in the world outside. So we need the space to roam, to explore, to run around with chocobos, with uh, drive yeah. around with the buggy, and find whatever you're gonna find when you're just uh, driving around and uh, to places where you shouldn't go, probably. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's um, it, it's it basically boils down to the what I said in the very beginning of this this whole segment. Um, the the gameplay and the level design should serve the story, because otherwise mm -hmm. it probably wouldn't end up well. And the story is something to be crafted and to be consistent in itself. And then you can adapt the gameplay to it. But other uh, the other way around, you have a gameplay and try to shoehorn a story onto it. Um, might work in yeah. some cases, but usually it doesn't. That's why mm -hmm. uh, earlier games like those platformers had that their focus on gameplay and the story was just like mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. but not really that much that important the, 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 the most important part of the game was uh, to um, to get through from level to level and beat the boss and that was basically it the story was more like flavor yeah but here the story is so important and the characters are so important that their their interactions and uh, their dialogue and how they develop and where they come from and you you can't shoehorn this into a certain gameplay that you want to to craft so yeah. you have to, yeah. the, the gameplay has to craft around the story that that everything fits neatly into each other that's my opinion at least yeah and, you know, like, I feel like the way that you're describing um, Horizon kind of, it reminded me a little bit of how Final Fantasy VII was in the original in the sense that, like, you know, at first we were confined to a really small area, though it was really big with Midgar. Yeah. And and then even though it still, you, I, you saw the open world map, you had the map out there and you knew that there was going to be other parts, they were still inaccessible to us yeah. with, like, the... the the barricades of either the river or the ocean separating us and no real ways to get around them. And I think as long as they give us those parameters still, maybe we mm -hmm. can see cool. It would be awesome to be able to with the, uh, the open camera view. What is, what is that one called? The mod that, uh, um, uh, floating camera or something. I can't remember what that's called. Dang it. Um, just f fixed, fixed camera. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. I know that I've seen Baby Seal do this a ton, but he like he will go into like the Shinra Mansion and see like or the Shinra Tower and see like what the mayor is doing at the time of this thing that's happening. So yeah, it or would just be free camera or something. Ah, there it is. Yeah, free camera. I believe so. But it would be really cool to be able to see stuff uh, mm -hmm. throughout our like 
away from where we're able to access right now. So like say that we only did get to, which I really think we're going further than this, but say we only did get like to the marshlands and that cave right there or something. And it would be cool to be able to look over and across the way and be able to see like, you know, a, like a tower of Wutai or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just something, something in, in, in the, the distance, like some yeah. monument or just something we know. Oh, for yeah, example, yeah. Gold Saucer is so big. So from mm -hmm. Casa del Sol, we, see, we should probably see like the tip of the Gold, of gold Saucer cool. over, the, yeah. over the mountain range or something. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. some lights in the sky or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be so cool. But I mean, so there's definitely ways that they can still make it feel open world, mm -hmm. but like keep us contained in... in in a sense, you know? Yes, definitely. Yeah, I agree with the, Viz, your point about uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. And it does serve the, the gameplay and the, that game, like, it serves the narrative, right? Because she doesn't know who she is. She needs to find herself and the history. So she's traveling around and finding all of that. In this game, it's more, we get history or, like, you know, background about Cloud, but most of it is in flashbacks in in seven you know mm -hmm. so we're not just playing cloud when he's young and going through what he's been through or you know let loose on the open world and finding pieces of who he is from other people it's like that does kind of happen but it's more internal through flashbacks mm -hmm. and inside mm -hmm. of his mind so i just don't i agree like it just the open open world format i don't think really matches the narrative mm -hmm. of this game and there has been times when you know you may have games that have you know a great story but just like the gameplay is shoehorned in like it's just the last thing yeah. that they think about is the gameplay the story is really great and then we're like oh god but the gameplay is terrible or the opposite where the gameplay is really good but then the story is kind of really bad and i feel not bad but like it just feels like it was kind of like thought of last minute yeah just slapped I, on <laughs> yeah like that's how i felt about 13 like i really enjoyed the gameplay of 13 but a lot of the story was just given to you in data logs that you had to literally read like pages upon pages upon yeah. pages. And like, I want to be shown that. I want to experience the story through the characters. Like, I don't want to be reading data log and data log to get the history about why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think that it did come out that that's actually what ended up happening was they had all of these assets, they had these characters created, but they didn't really know what to do with it. it and it was in like developmental hell for a while, 13, mm -hmm. the first mm -hmm. one. And then they just kind of threw a story together and then you know added it on <laughs> i still you know i know what yeah. happened in that story but i had it took me a long time to figure it out from reading online and you know and it shouldn't be that difficult to figure out what's happening yeah i don't see that happening with this game i i feel like with the balance there with the the open world aspects like bigger areas and kind of like discover different things um and different areas giving you the independence and freedom to do that i think is important mm -hmm. mm. but then not going and just letting us go loose and over the whole world map right at the beginning of the game it just doesn't make any sense with the story that they're trying to tell and from what we can see this is it's a very narratively focused game it's it's that's the type of experience it is right mm. now for me like they they really are pushing the story mm -hmm. yes definitely um, I think the main uh, the main problem with thirteen was they they had so much planned with this the Nova um, Nova Chrysalis uh, mm -hmm. how how's it Fabula called Fabiola Nova Fabiola Nova Chrysalis exactly 
and even <laughs> plans like uh, FF versus 13 and uh, 13 Agito, which turned, turned into Type yes. 0. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think they just took uh, the bit off so much more than they, they could choose. They, they had did. to scrap so many things for the first 13. Yeah, exactly. So much scrap, so much. That's why there's. That's probably why there's a data log and all the lore that we got don't get to experience in game because mm-hmm. they couldn't produce it. It's there so that that we can at least get a glimpse of what what everything is is about. And then they uh, had all those assets and plans and stuff. And then uh, yeah, thirteen two and lightning returns uh, happened through that, which were improvements on the original. Like I did oh, yeah. like the original, but still, like when it was over, I was like. I would breathe like a sigh of relief that it was just over, you know, yeah. like it was over. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I can be done with this now, you yeah. know? I did enjoy it, and I will defend the gameplay, the music I did enjoy, certain aspects of the characters I really did enjoy, but the story for me was just very hard to understand. Mm-hmm. And I don't, yeah. like, we're not going to get that with this. This is not, like, that source material, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I really am excited. I think that they're going to really do it justice and from what we've read from you know developer uh comments about it then it sounds like they understand that yes and people are going to be disappointed anyway you're not going to get what you dream and hope for you just have to be open to receiving it like there's no way that they're going to please everyone people are going to be mad never i feel (laughs) like people are going to be even more mad if we don't have some form of exploration or open world of some aspect people are going to lose it Mm -hmm. Mm. i think they have to give us something Oh, for sure, yeah. And I think it's it was the best 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 thing they could uh, could do with this uh, not really episodic but multi part release mm-hmm. because creating or remaking Final yeah. Fantasy VII in one game then you'd end up with Final Fantasy Thirteen all over again. Yes. Oh my god! And people uh, still complain about that. Yeah, <laughs> I need to like get off the the forums and the groups, man, because people are still yeah complaining. And I'm like, guys, just the game. Like when it was released for PC, they were so people were like, "It's not even a full game. It's not even the whole story." And I have to pay like eighty nine, ninety nine, like, blah, 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 like <laughs> or seventy nine or whatever it is in the United States. Because yeah. I'm in Canada, so everything's more expensive. Everything's like fourteen bucks more expensive <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, well, depending on how much it is, it's a percentage. But still, like everybody was losing their minds. I'm like, guys, it is a full game. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Obviously, yeah, you it's haven't a played a game. <laughs> Yeah, like, what are you talking about? And other games are not this substantial that are still have full price tags. Yeah. People also do not get upset at Nintendo for re-releasing <clears throat> the same game on every single platform. <laughs> and you have to pay full price multiple times yeah. for Nintendo games. They never go on sale. <laughs> they never go on sale. And every time they have a Switch version or they have a Wii U version or whatever re-release, you still have to pay full price for it. Like, yeah, what? Truth. Truth. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nintendo is uh, its own thing, <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I I uh, I streamed. I I went through a long time where I was trying to find thirteen because I, everywhere I was going, I was getting like roadblocks. I was trying to find it on the PlayStation Network. I was trying to find it on all these different things, and everywhere I was looking, it just kept on saying Final Fantasy thirteen. If you Google it, it will say indefinitely was the worst game of the Final Fantasy franchise. <laughs> I'm like, I remember liking it as a kid, like whenever i played through it originally so when i streamed it i heard all those comments dude every single person that came in the chat would either be like dude i love this game and i even i mean i clickbaited the title for sure i was like is this really the worst final fantasy but man i had all those comments in the chat for a solid month while we were going through the the saga 
But I agree. I feel like they didn't they didn't give us as much of the story in actual like um, visuals. We didn't we had to read through a lot. No. But I yeah. think that's something that Final Fantasy VII, even the original, did a really good job of not yeah. doing that to us. Because like um, whenever we're in the uh, what's the name of that place where the um, the icicle in, I guess. But like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're seeing all those flashbacks. That was awesome. We didn't have to read the tapes. Yeah, we got. Yeah, it was so cool. And I, I think, yeah. So I feel like that's something that with this game in particular, the creators. I don't think that they're going to give us that. Hopefully, maybe we will have to read some stuff, but hopefully, most of it will be either flashbacks or tapes or something. Yeah. No, it seems more cinematic. Like yeah, yeah. that they're going for more like blockbuster, like cinematic visuals and yeah. cutscenes and. We didn't even really get that many CGI cutscenes that were actually just full-fledged CGI. Everything was in-game yeah. in the engine, right? So, well, it, it already looks that it, it looks great in itself. So, exactly. And yeah. oh my god, playing Ghost of Tsushima like on PS5, uh. even though it just came out on P- it came out on PS4, and yes, mm-hmm. it's the director's cut. So, but like, it looks so good that I'm like, oh my god, like I'm so excited for remake part two, and I oh, yeah. I hope that they do really just use the full power of the system yeah you know and not like dumb it down or make it look worse because they have to put it on ps4 like i don't i want them i'm sorry like i feel bad for ps4 people that can't get a ps5 but like by the time this game comes out you should be able to get a ps5 mm-hmm. right like it's probably Hopefully, yeah. another year fingers like crossed two years for sure. before we get it you know i just i just know that it's gonna be so good and too with forbidden west like people i've seen some screenshots i don't have it mm-hmm. i haven't seen it yet but it looks so good it looks like, stunning oh my yeah. god like this game is gonna look so good mm-hmm. like just the scale of that game alone gives me hope for how big that we could <laughs> yes. be expecting part two to be but yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's a japanese developer it's not like a mm-hmm. first party like sony developer that's the thing for me it's like it's not going to be probably as like big as that, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very true. All right. So moving on here, we're talking about keeping the feeling of a huge planet. So, and also this includes the overworld map. So we did talk about this a little bit earlier. I said that, you know, there's some ideas that people have for, you know, being able to kind of, have this or there's a debate also like do we need it you know Mm -hmm. um i think that at the time like the world map for now could possibly be like like looking at the map like instead of having overworld where we're walking i don't think it's going to be like that but it would be cool if they had like the overworld map as the actual map and maybe like little characters of us like moving instead of like um like a pointer or an icon or something like that to kind of like bring it back, call back to the original where we mm. had like the overworld yeah. map. Yeah. And potentially having like the fast travel there as well. So if we want to fast travel to a part, we can. And maybe it shows us like walking on the globe. It's like a globe, like the map is a yeah. globe mm-hmm. and then it zooms in and then it shows us. If we fast travel, it'll just do like a little cutscene of us like as a character walking over there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Instead of just fade to black, fade mm. fade up, and then we're there, yeah. which is what happens in Ghost of Tsushima. Like, you just click, and it goes black, and it loads so fast, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, I'm sure they don't want to have... If we're walking from, you know, like, 
the crater to i don't know like midgar like it's just gonna slowly <laughs> show us like walking across for like five minutes or something like not that but um something to kind of call back to that because i don't think that really the overworld map is needed and i don't think we're gonna see it because they're they want this like a third person big like you know set pieces and the camera is behind you like i just don't see that mm-hmm. happening i don't know what you guys think yeah yeah i mean i agree with that i think that i've been thinking about this there's a game i cannot remember for the life of me what the game was but there was a fast travel uh option that you could do that would you'd still it would be like it gave you the experience points and it gave you like your people would probably get like it would still do the battle system essentially it would give you like a like you know so and so gain like a thousand xp in between yeah. here and there or something like that. And there was an option that you could do that. Can't remember what that game was. But that would be interesting. Mm. I mean, like, if... Because, like, obviously, if you went from the crater to uh, Midgar, there's obviously going to be... Unless you had the plane or something like that, there's going to be some battles happening in between there. So it would be cool to see what they do to kind of compensate for well, that. Well, we would have the high wind by then, too. Right? Oh, yeah. If that's, yeah, like, true. the next part. So maybe they show that instead. Yeah. I don't know. And I think that... You know, I think it'd be cool if they did have an overworld map, just like a throwback or something like that, that you could turn Mm -hmm. on and off, like a hub kind of thing where you could just select that, yes, you do want it in the top right corner or something along those lines, but actually have like a legit detailed map that you could change through as well. That would be really cool and just have for, you know, parts, especially like specifically in the parts that we're going from, um, from Calm to the Chocobo Ranch. Like if Mm -hmm. there's, if they do really, uh, put a lot more detail into it if they have a lot like the mountains that we're gonna have to you know see on either side the valley that we're gonna be running through there like if they could if they're gonna really flush those areas out and have a lot of detail to it it would be cool if we did have a little map that we could put little things on and be like oh there's you know this Mm -hmm. this cool thing that you can find in this area what do you think fizz yeah so sounds good i was just just thinking like um instead of um pulling up uh, uh um like a schematic map like mm-hmm. in uh in the first part this this blue thing with uh outlines um bright outlines uh why not pull up basically google maps like google map version of uh or the, oh, okay. the final fantasy 7 version of google maps like you, you just <laughs> It it uh, it switches to like this this map overview and this you see oh you're here but you can zoom out and zoom in and you see the planet or yeah, something? Yeah, it would be so cool. Like basically yeah. Earth? Yeah, k- kind of like that. In uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West uh, does that. Uh, when you go to the map, oh. you have like this this, re- this quasi uh, 3D representation bird's eye view, or the bird's eye of top, top view That's from cool. high above. And you mm-hmm. see like the, 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 um, the roads that go through everywhere and you see where, where settlements are. Something like that, I I can see maybe That'd even with cool. a kind of a, a, a an art style similar to the original, but of course much more detailed. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see this, but only to see where you are and mm-hmm. where you've been, and maybe where you haven't been. There's a fog of war, or it's uh, uh, just blurry, or just some some kind of uh, of coverage of of covering that you don't see what's there mm-hmm. 
would be pretty cool, I guess. Um, but not actually playing Godzilla and stomping on uh, across <laughs> yes. the field. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't see that happening. Yeah, same. Yeah, but what I can see happening, and I think we already uh, talked about this in uh, in uh, maybe last or even two years ago, um, how they could handle uh, the high wind. Uh, mm. My imagination is that when you enter the high wind, it basically zooms out from where you are, zoom out, and then you are on this overworld map mm -hmm. with the high wind, and you see far, far down all yes. the, uh, the locations and the mountain ranges and the, the rivers and the forests, but very small, kind of like in, in proportions of the original overworld. And then you fly across mm -hmm. this, uh, you can see where you can land, like it, it, it's a uh, button pops up when you can land, even if you can't, you, you can't. Mm -hmm. But if, if you, when you can land, you land, and then it zooms you in again, like, Basically the same as in the original, but it zooms in, and since PS5 can load so fast, it can load in this uh, the zone underneath, uh, and then cool. you're in there, mm -hmm. and uh, the camera uh, zooms around or uh, um, moves around the high wind, and you see the um, your active party just uh, walking out of of the high wind at the bottom, and yeah. the high wind is just just there, right there on on the zone uh, in the zone map in in the in the in the area. And then you can run around, do a, do a thing, and maybe uh, through menu you can just say return to high wind and you're there. Or you can walk back and just walk up the ramp again and it closes and the camera uh, turns around so that it's at the top of the high wind and then it zooms out again. Mm -hmm. And then you're on this uh, high wind overworld and can uh, fly across the thing. And that's, that's basically how I imagine the high wind could work. Very similar mechanically uh, to the original, but with uh, modern mechanics and with uh, PS5's fast loading times between yeah. this overworld globe, basically, and the individual zones. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I was I wrote this under handling vehicles, but in 15 they did have the regalia or regalia, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it, and regalia, it did have yeah verticality. So they. They did ended up adding that after yes. um, where it could fly. And then when you do fly it, it does zoom out. But, but cool. you can only fly it so high, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. you don't see it being kind of like that where it's like you actually can fly it and it's just kind of floating, like not super zoomed out. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, but then you, t you have to basically model the whole planet. Like actually model everything mm -hmm. and you could oh, run yeah. through everything. That's, that's how 15 worked. But... I, I, oh, I imagine it true. really zoom out so far that you're, as you said before, yeah, Google Earth. Be cool. Maybe not, not, not the whole, um, the whole uh, sphere, but uh, uh, enough that you, you don't really see where you were. You, you see still, okay, there's a mountain, there's, mm -hmm. uh, there are forests, and uh, maybe there's a river. But it's too far away that you don't really see uh, like chocobos running around or, or stuff like that, or mm. enemies. Mm -hmm. hmm. that's, that's how yeah. I imagine it. Yeah, I'm okay with that honestly because landing that thing, that car. <laughs> yeah, I, it was. I could not successfully <laughs> land that car, man. I've murdered everybody every single yeah. time. I murdered them. Like I could not land that thing. I just, I never drove. I never flew it because I just could not land it. <laughs> and it's automatic game over. Yeah, I managed a few times, but sometimes I just maybe brushed uh one of those uh lightning poles or whatever or or maybe a, a branch of a tree just yes. slightly and then it just 
veered <laughs> off into the distance and the game over. I did it once to get to the Pityas ruins. Oh, right. Yeah, like I did that, that too. That was yeah. the mm-hmm. only time that I actually successfully landed it. That's the I hardest land. I really bad at controlling it. So. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah, crazy. that would be really cool if it zooms out and it's like a planet. And then when meteor is summoned, maybe they will actually show like the meteor, like oh for sure, yeah, the planet, yeah, like... mm. yeah, yeah, totally agree. All right, so the next part here is differences between individual parts. So Viz, did you want to start us off with this? Yes. Uh, this kind of harkens back to my uh, original video, like the first one I did uh, on Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, the even Square Enix told us that, or I think it was Kitase-san, that told us that uh, each part will feel unique, kind of like that. I don't remember the okay. exact words, but this to me says each part has has its own, like maybe feature or like the, their their own um, own uniqueness and, and own uh, elements that's that's unique to this specific part that that it can uh, mm. present itself with, like. Mm-hmm. Part one is Midgar. It's just this huge metropolis, and you have the slums and the upper plates, and it, it's it's just this this huge city, and you can roam around some of it. Unfortunately, not everything, but uh, some of it. And it's one uh, one story confined within this this huge um, city. And then part two is basically uh, roam around the the world, but not like everywhere, but as we uh, we talked about before, it's more like guided, mm-hmm, guided mm-hmm. towards uh, let's say Nibelheim if it ends there, and even afterwards. Um, but that's why also why I say it should end at Nibelheim because then we have this kind of guided way until Nibelheim, and in between we have the buggy also to just uh, yeah uh, drive around a little bit. It's this is one of the main features. Oh, we have a buggy we can uh, drive around. We have bigger mm-hmm. zones we can uh, traverse. And we have chocobos. And then between Nibelheim and the Whirlwind Maze at the Northern Crater, uh, we have the, the um, what's it called again, the Tiny Bronco, mm-hmm. which hopefully still makes it in and will will uh, control completely differently. And this is also something I'm still quite not sure how how they should actually create the traversal with uh, the tiny bronco. Mm-hmm. If we're actually on the plane, just uh, roam around, then it's the problem of size and scale again. Mm-hmm. But if we then we need to zoom out, kind of like uh, explained before with the high wind. But then the tiny bronco is too tiny, so we basically have then uh, maybe a, a a logo or some sort of uh, icon, a representation mm-hmm. of of it, which just like roams around the. Um, the body of waters. <sighs> I don't quite know how to how they should do this, but it's yeah. it's certainly completely different to the buggy. So it's it's a new way of of exploring the the planet because we can then traverse most of the planet mm-hmm. only through shallow water, of course, but still. And then in the last part, uh, we have the ve- the the uh, the rest of the vehicles, namely the high wind and the submarine, which is mm-hmm. also a completely different way of traversal. And finally, as I hope, truly open world. Like we start yeah. part mm-hmm. four uh, with the execution and tune on, and then we get the high wind, then we have the whole planet on our, on our feet. We can basically explore everything. Um, 
some parts to probably don't have much, just a few NPCs that to talk about something, but maybe no no side quests and stuff. But especially later when we're um, pro- approaching the segment of the huge materia or the ultimate materia, however they will call it, mm-hmm. uh, I I can see there them then uh, including a few different uh, different segments or that we can choose where to go. Maybe it's maybe it, it's even not uh, tied to Cloud finding himself first. Although I really hope because I want to uh, run around with Tifa, I want to run around with Sid, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do those things. I I think this is, this is pretty important. But afterwards, uh, you can go to Wutai. You can maybe uh, make certain uh, locations or uh, villages or uh, small cities independent of Shinra, like uh, like in Fort Condor. Fight off Shinra's to make him in, make him help stay independent or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just diminish Shinra's control over the planet, something like that. Like, like certain optional um, side quests to 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 make Shinra's reach uh, to lessen Shinra's reach and Shinra's control mm-hmm. over the planet. And maybe there then there's a a additional final quest or or an additional cutscene at some point. I don't know. Just just something that. Uh, makes it worthwhile to explore the whole thing and uh, that we're not only going mm-hmm. through the motions of uh, mandatory quests after mandatory quests, but actually can find and uh, yeah, explore and find every- everything that the planet has to offer. Mm-hmm. Maybe even half of it is optional. Like the Chocobo Damn. Sage, for example. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the material caves and all those things. So... Um, that's that's what what I mean. But the differences between individual parts, confined city, then a guided uh, traversal, gu- guided journey through parts of the world, then um, exploring most of of the whole planet, but still confined to um, shallow waters and certain uh, continents. Then the fourth part is like completely open world, like in mm. in in, in, seg- in in stages. It opens up in stages. That's that's kind of uh, how I see this going. Yeah. So you were saying that uh, was it Katasi who said that in the interview uh, that each part would have its own. Uh, yeah, that each, each part will feel own. unique. Or I, I I should should have pulled up the the quote because I can't remember it because it was uh, back then when they initially revealed that it will be uh, released in multiple parts. Mm-hmm. So in at the end of 2015. So this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Years, years, years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of took that in two different ways. So, like, at first I was taking it in um, as far as each area, like Chunan versus Calm, the slums uh, versus the upper plate. They all feel unique, and they all have their own song themes, and they look completely mm. different. I mean, even oh, looking see, at, yeah. like, the slums and upper plate. But what you're saying makes a lot more sense. And I guess my main thing on that Kind of going back to what we talked about before, though, uh, it it really, I just wonder how part four is going to cohesively, because I don't think we've ever had a game that's done this, where you have these different areas that you can go through, and then at the end, it's a cul- culmination of all of them. It's like, the, mm. so I, I wonder how they're going to do that just uh, storage-wise in the game, and like oh, you yeah, said, that's true. <laughs> that, that might be they might have a good workaround with that since they've already got everything built maybe they can kind of like um give us not as much npc related stuff maybe 
Because mm. by the time we get the high wind, I think the meteors start. Well, by the time the high wind really opens up, meteors kind of coming, yeah. and so everybody's yes. like, "The sky's falling." So exactly, <laughs> you could really kind of like, you know, sum up most of the NPC uh, voiceover stuff with just a lot of people talking about that, or they could even close off a lot of the houses because they're, you know, afraid of the they're world. Scared, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So they could close off some stuff, but open up everything. So. That might be how they get away with it. That's the only thing that I'm concerned about. Whenever he says every part's going to be different, is the ending going to be the culmination of all those parts? I don't know. Yeah, it's hard, <laughs> hard to say. He's sometimes a little bit cryptic. Yeah, I know. Man, they're so good at it, though. They're like, what other yeah. story have you heard of that has given us this little information but kept us this much mm-hmm. on the edge of our seat? Like, <laughs> Very exactly. Yeah, and it honestly, I hope that this story is finished um, by the time the PS5 is, is uh, you know, its life cycle is over because I don't even know if we're going to make it. I know, I was going to say, I <laughs> you hope know, yeah. like it's We're going to have to buy a new console to play like part four Dude, yes. or part three. I hope not. <laughs> like, honestly, it came out a year and three months ago, I mm-hmm. think, right? November 12th, 2020. Oh. It hasn't been two years yet, but... It it's going to be like two and a half years that this console has been out before we get part two, yeah. like, let alone part three. Mm-hmm. And this, this console is not going to live for 10 years like the PS3 did. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's, they're going to have maybe like a PS5 Pro, maybe, I'm sure. They'll mm-hmm. probably continue with that where they upgraded a bit. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't know. I'm just hoping that you release it all before I'm outdated and I'm in like freaking nursing home or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Part four yeah. is coming right around the corner. Hold out, heart. We got this. <laughs> it's like this meme with a skeleton sitting on the bench uh, waiting for Final Fantasy VII remake <laughs> or part four. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As for the different, you know, individual parts, for me, the comment is more, um, I think, the theme of the overall game. And for me, like, the last part for me is the most, like, dark and dreary mm-hmm. and just um, kind of horror genre where I hope that they just really go for it, you know, like, the yeah. just the dark aspect of it and the sadness and just, you know, like, the bleak, bleakness of Mm. of everything but i guess we'll see but i think the second part is more uh the opposite of that like the second part is more like they're out in the open hopefully it's going to be sunny i think we're still going to have dark aspects especially to like the um the shinra mansion is quite mm-hmm. dark and like evil oh, yeah. and then that sort of thing i think they can really dive into that but it's kind of like the opposite of um the last part right where the story is more like hopeful and Aerith seeing like the sky for the first time and being outside and just like it's more happy i feel um, yeah. even though it yes it's disturbing at the same time but i just i think that's for me that's how i interpreted his comment was like each part is more like it has its own kind of theme and like style to it oh for sure yeah i think it's multi-layered yeah. it's it's uh as as you said the part 2 is mostly uh, let's say upbeat or hopeful. Yeah, it has its downsides, like the the the, the spiked 
Impaled uh, Midgar Solom. This is, uh, let's say, a more rather dark moment than mm-hmm. the whole part of Nibelheim, the, the, the Shinra Mansion, as you, as you mentioned. But if if uh, part two ends there, this is basically the end, which makes sense to end it on this uh, pretty mm. dark note. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it's it it uh, it lights up a, a little again with uh, Rocket Town, which is basically <laughs> a whole joke with uh, the whole Palmer yeah. segment and what have exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> and Casa del Sol is like bright and sunny, wait. even though it is dark. Like it takes a turn, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, little, but still, I, I know what you mean. It's 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 like the the, the baseline is more uh, upbeat and hopeful in part two until Nibelheim. Yeah. Afterwards, it's it's uh, better again. But then uh, uh, we're at uh, the Gold Saucer. And then the betrayal of Kate, uh, Kachi, and then the and dying as well. If they show that flashback, oh yeah, right, that's true. That's true. Yeah, pretty dark. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's a dark one in between. Yeah, in between uh, sunny, sunny side or sunny beach and uh, yeah, Cosmo Canyon. That's where where Mm -hmm. the story really shines. I hope, like the lore, the live Mm -hmm. stream. Yeah, there's there's it's it's so um like versatile. And uh, and diverse this whole world. There's mm-hmm. so many aspects: uh, dark, light, disturbing, upbeat, yeah. uh, funny, uh, sad. It has everything. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a little bit of like Harry Potter because the series ended and it was very dark. Oh yeah. Oh, it gets so dark. Yeah, but but at the beginning it was more. They still had like issues and like you know there were enemies yeah. and stuff, but it was like kind of turned completely dark by the end. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if my prediction turns out partially correct, then the end of the remake series will be very, very dark. Mm-hmm. With a little <laughs> bit of hope at the very end, but still, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so we did touch on handling vehicles a little bit already. So um, just really quickly, I did say that... I hope that we can take control of the vehicles at some point. Like, I hope that they give us that. And it's not just a cut scene of us, like, getting in and then uh, fade to black. And then, mm-hmm. like, you're there. At oh, the that destination, <laughs> Which was kind of like what it was like in Remake. Because we had the chocobos, but it was like you got on the chocobo. And then the music yeah. played. And then it just yeah. like, brought you there. Mm-hmm. Which is which is fine because we didn't have access to chocobos that early in the story. We didn't have them in Midgar, mm. right? So, like, I understand... But uh, I hope that they do give us the ability to control the chocobos and, you know, the tiny Bronco, just just all the vehicles, hopefully. Yes. But if not, then maybe it's more, it's made in a way that it doesn't feel like restricting or they're taking something away from us. Like, that's the hardest thing is for us to be, for them to, like, not have us feel like they've taken stuff away because the original has it and this doesn't, mm-hmm. you know? It's yeah, like exactly. we're being punished because they couldn't figure out a way to do it so i hope they can do it but yes. i have faith but if if the material ultimania and the ultimania are are anything to go by is they they really they, they went um far beyond to in certain aspects to really make things work because all those mm-hmm. comments sometimes oh we, we it took it took us months to figure this out but then you finally got it to work and stuff there are a lot of comments like this and it really mm-hmm. seems like they they give it their all to, to make their vision work. And Nomura-san yeah, absolutely. has a big vision. I I can feel it. And mm-hmm. he's still the creative director, or I, mm-hmm. uh, creative director or creative. Yes, yes. 
I think it's called Creative Director, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, like, the way I love personally how the the vehicles, all of them, uh, maneuvered in seven. I mean, there was obviously some glitchy stuff, like whenever you're trying to like mm-hmm. traverse through uh, Cosmo Canyon's areas with the buggy. That's kind of rough. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> and there were some glitchy things that happened, but I feel like how simplistic it was, it worked really well for what they were trying to make it do. And mm-hmm. in contrast, in a stark contrast, is in Final Fantasy VII First Soldier. Could just be because it's a mobile game, but how the how you can use the uh the motorcycles and the actual like the the trucks it's rough man mm-hmm. so i'm oh, really boy. hoping that they can find a really solid way i know that it's a lot more like taxing on graphics the engines and everything like that to really mm-hmm. uh to go through these open world areas but if we can use them if we can use the chocobos and running through areas i hope it's not glitchy because I feel like yeah. the original one did a good job yeah. of like allowing us to do what we wanted to do. Well, regarding Chocobos, I, I have high hopes because in, in 15, ch- uh, riding mm-hmm, around with mm-hmm. Chocobo was very fun. I mean, I, yeah. I must yeah. Say. And they did a good job with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And the, uh, the Regalia Type D with uh, the monster truck mm-hmm. version was also pretty fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they did a good job. <laughs> it's basically the buggy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, there you go. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, although the buggy has eight wheels, I think. Mm -hmm. I never, Mm. uh, I actually, so I went through 15 whenever it first came out, and I never did the upgrade Mm -hmm. where you can make the car fly, and I want to do it so bad now, so I'm probably going to go through and replay that game Mm -hmm. just to get the... Uh, I I think you could uh, uh, fly the Regalia in in the vanilla version, but you had to Mm. return to um, the main main area yes. from um uh, Altitia mm-hmm. back to uh what's the main continent called again um uh, i forget somnia no uh, insomnia is just the, the city where he comes from but oh. the, the whole continent where he can traverse the big thing anyway you I had forget. to get get go back there basically and then um i think do one side quest for cindy yeah, and you then get some she... kind of part yeah mm-hmm. exactly and then uh uh, she modified it for you, and then you could just switch between mm-hmm. Regalia Type F or the normal one and fly away. But it's basically optional and only useful for getting to Pityos. Otherwise, it's just for fun. And yeah, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah, missed opportunity because I think they could have done a, bit, a little bit more with uh, Regalia. Mm-hmm. Maybe two or three more um, areas only yes, accessible exactly. by it. Mm-hmm. And please, no game over screen and also let us fly over the cities <laughs> there are so many areas you couldn't fly over it just veered you off where you wanted to go it felt yeah, so yeah, unnatural mm-hmm. yeah they weren't even going to give it to us though in the original i don't even think they were going to but then people were complaining or asking for it that they decided to put it in yeah and then they had reached out to their just cause Ford team because oh, they right. had no yeah. verticality and yeah. that team helped them develop the verticality in order to actually like oh man pad the flying that's true uh, I, I capacity forgot about that yeah <laughs> which was being developed by Square Enix right just mm-hmm. cause I think. Uh, just cause not uh, it's by Avalanche Studios whoever it's called but published by Square Enix so right. they had mm-hmm. uh, contacts mm-hmm. but I hope that if they need help like figuring it out that they do kind of you know communicate with oh, probably sure. another yeah. developer mm-hmm. that has experience even though it's not the same engine it's not the luminous engine it's um unreal yeah. which yeah. i mean yeah. even increases their chances i think oh, of actually sure. being able to do it mm-hmm. yeah there are so many other teams who've already done it <laughs> yeah 
Exactly. It's not like they're like stuck with this engine that they themselves developed and nobody else knows and they're like trying to figure out like how. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I wonder this too really quick. So um, I knew you had said earlier about like the tiny Bronco and how like just the size of it really wouldn't work and you're wondering kind of how that would, how that might manifest itself in the newer part two or part three. But like uh, PHS was like a really big thing in the game. And yeah. the way that they re-envisioned that, and it's even in uh, the first soldier now, it's really unique. It still kind of pays like it's a throwback to it. And I'm wondering if they could do something similar with the tiny Bronco, because I'm pretty sure that's that's the unsung hero of Final Fantasy VII. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how 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 is the PHS handled in First Soldier? Uh, in First Soldier, it's actually if you're doing team battles, it will allow you to like buy your teammate that was it resurrects your teammates. So there's like this huge. Oh. It looks exactly like the one in remake, it's just slimmed down. And uh, but you can uh, if you have enough gill from killing other uh, NPCs or other characters, um, you can actually revive your teammate. So, mm. but I'm kind of wondering, like they they completely changed it while at the same time like giving like you know given some props to the old way of using it. So I'm wondering if there's a way that they're going to be able to do that with Tiny Bronco in this. Like, yeah. Yeah, the, the scale of, of the whole planet and uh, and level design, that's that's the only thing I'm worried about because yeah. if if you're actually sitting on the Tiny Bronco and steering it around kind of like the buggy, then you need <laughs> to traverse the world itself and then the world needs to feel like it's a planet. Mm -hmm. But then you have like your... Um, like floating around for like 10, 20 minutes and you're basically not even halfway there. So yeah. that's why they probably need to create something in between, like a kind of zoomed out version, but then a mm -hmm. tiny Bronco is so tiny. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, that's why it's called tiny Bronco. <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's it's just it's this, um, it doesn't really feel right. With yeah. a high wind, I at least uh, have confidence in, in that my, uh, mm -hmm. my suggestion could work. Mm -hmm. well, with the tiny bronco it's still like i don't know yeah yeah i'm very curious to see if they're going to keep it and if they do how are they, what are they going to do with it i just imagine yeah. we're going to have clouds of the legs dangling off the wings and they're just yeah floating <laughs> through the ocean yeah maybe it is that there are just uh two two modes like you you can um float around like that mm -hmm. where, where it, you uh, zoomed in you see everything and the characters and stuff but you basically can't get anywhere. It's more like uh, um, maybe for short distances mm -hmm. or, or to, to, to um, get, on, get on land or get off land again. But then when you actually want to traverse the world, you have to zoom out and then mm -hmm. you maybe see just this, this uh, an arrow with an icon or something where you can see, okay, I, I can go through there. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they, they, they create some sort of mini game out of it or I don't know. Yeah. Or or the cheap version just just a uh, like a map where you see okay I can go there and there and there from where I am now mm -hmm. press it and then maybe it 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 floats there in a few in a few seconds and then uh, it changes again it's more like a, a a more elaborate version of Final Fantasy X's um, fast travel system like you, mm -hmm. you have to, only the the map and you can uh, select where you want to go but maybe a little more dynamic, I don't know, but that would still feel cheap a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's a little limited. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Hard to say. Maybe we'll be able to control them and they don't have, like, the small map version. It's just that we can control them, you know what I mean? 
mm-hmm. just the the tiny bronco the buggy yeah. the chocobo and then when we have the high wind it's when it'll zoom out and show us the planet and we can kind of do that maybe mm-hmm. because that'll be part three right when we get the uh, high wind which gives them more time to figure it yeah, out it, it depends when part two ends yeah but <laughs> yeah but I can see them like not giving us that, you mm-hmm. know, because they're like, oh, God, we got to figure out how, how we're going to do that. OK, <laughs> let's not do that right now. Yeah. So they have more time. Yeah. And maybe by then the PS6 will be out. They'll be like, <laughs> hey, we can fly anywhere. Yeah. We can have a whole universe. Yeah, mm-hmm. like one terabyte. We can so... zoom out and you can see the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See the galaxy and then see see the whole uh, cosmic life stream where every life where life is, yeah, is going exactly. and the promised land is there in the far far galaxy away yeah whatever yeah. <laughs> we see all the, every single universe that ever existed in all of the Final Fantasies just yeah. floating in the, in the black like dark <laughs> oh Final Fantasy one is there oh six is over there and... yeah yes. you want to play those okay click it and then you zoom in and you just play Final Fantasy one. <laughs> 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 but the, the the old pixel uh, version, yes, yes, but within Final Fantasy VII, yeah, so oh meta, my gosh, yeah, well, it's a the... VR simulation, actually. Uh, yes. That'd be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's that... a game within a game within a game. <laughs> well, well, you laugh, but Chatley has this whole VR uh, shtick going I mean, on, so yeah. maybe we are in VR all uh, all the time, the whole time. Yeah, yeah we've been exactly. in VR, and the first soldier is also VR. So, hmm. Hmm. It's all making sense. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> We're all within an experiment and Chadley is the one experimenting on us. Yeah, the story is actually about Chadley the whole yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's the main character. Yes. All right, guys. Well, that concludes this episode. I just want to say thank you so much to you, John Reeves Live, for joining us for today's episode. It was great to sit down with you and chat all things Final Fantasy VII Remake and Remake Part Two. I hope that you, you know, enjoyed yourself while you were here. Definitely, man. Thank you guys both so much for having me on. I like, had a blast being able to talk about all this. And I, again, I'm honored to be on here, man. My pleasure. You're welcome. Yes, and obviously, you know, once we get more information about part two and potentially when it comes out, you can come back and then yes. we can talk about all the things that we were right and wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. So if you have any ideas for our next episodes, you can write us. Our email is thereunionpodcast at gmail.com, thereunionpodcast at gmail.com. We do have a Discord server. You can join our Discord server by clicking the link in every description of each of the episodes and you will be joined right away. And who would not want to do that? Because, yeah, you want to continue the conversation about Final Fantasy VII Remake with us. We do have a Twitter account. It's at Reunion underscore podcast. Our Facebook is Reunion Podcast. And our YouTube channel is The Reunion Podcast. Don't forget to like, sub, and share the podcast with your friends and family and everybody. If you want, you can write us a review. It really does help us, and it's the best way to support us. Viz, did you want to go ahead and drop your socials for Cosmo Canyon Observatory? Gladly. The main platform, of course, is uh, my YouTube channel, where you can find all the deep analyses and uh, theory crafting. Um, I'm about to to drop the complete version of uh, Game Analysis uh, episode 26 which will be over four and a half hours like it's it's the last 10 episodes 
mash together to one. It's very, very mm -hmm. big, so you want to, not to miss out on that. Of course, it's called Cosmo Canyon Observatory, and on the YouTube page and in every description of every uh, in in the description of every video, you have the link to our Discord server where we talk about Final Fantasy VII remake, original, and anything else basically um, on our Discord server and. We also have a Twitter account, it's at cc underscore observatory. And lately I wasn't able to post much, but sometimes I keep posting little analysis gems, so-called uh, CCO gems. There's all I also already also I always post or add the hashtag CCO gems mm -hmm. to them. It's basically a a collection of all the little things I find in the game or just basically any, anything I just can come up mm -hmm. with and can see. Just little little smidgets of analysis. Absolutely. And John Reeves Live, did you want to go ahead and tell our listeners where they can check you out? Yeah, for sure. I am everywhere, uh, like Twitter. I even use Facebook some. Uh, <laughs> Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch, and also ggs.tv. All of those are John Reeves Live and Reeves is like leaves but with an r so it's r-e-a-v-e-s and um yeah i stream monday through friday on twitch and i've been posting a ton of youtube videos on like content like stranger of paradise coming out mm -hmm. and um yeah. elden ring nice. so i'm really excited about all those really trying to grow that channel and yeah thank you guys thank you well, once again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your uh, busy schedule, I'm sure, to be here with us today. And I wish you all the best. Hey, thank you guys so much, man. What's a blast. Take care, everybody. Bye.